0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the fifth episode of the Back and Bone Show. Today, we are joined by Matthew's wife, Ariana. She is an interior designer. She's a home designer. Um, She is going to give us a little run-through about what that is really like to do. Obviously, Matt and I are not experts in that field. It's not really anything either of us know much about, but we get a little on-air tutorial of... uh, what someone in her position actually goes through, and sort of the relationship between her and her her clients, and as a uh, as an independent contractor, what it's like to go from site to site, how her her work life is in constant flux. It's pretty interesting. Um, I think you guys will get a lot out of that, even if you don't really have an interest in home design. We don't really get into the specifics of of uh, like colors and decor. It's really more about the the infrastructure of the of of that lifestyle of doing that sort of work. Um, we get into some professional life talk about what that's what that's like and how it compares to other jobs and client customer service situations. Uh, so if you guys have any interest in that, following up, uh, please check out Ariana's Instagram at uh, honeycomb underscore home design and uh, be in contact if, if you want to enhance the aesthetic value of your home. If you want to wake up to a prettier place, it makes you feel happier when you walk into your neatly designed kitchen to make your coffee or through your gloriously, intentionally designed hallways into your masterfully elegant bathroom to where you take a shit after your coffee. Ariana can provide that for you. Also, big warning, just so you guys know, uh, specifically at 1 hour and 7 minutes to about 1 hour and 12 minutes, if you have not seen Infinity Wars yet, I would recommend skipping that little five-minute segment because we do throw out some spoilers there. We start getting into uh, some movie talk about all that. and uh, you know. But if you have seen the movie and you want to hear what we have to say about it, get in there. Uh, check it out. Um, also, a really fun part of this, uh, I get to explore my DMT trip with you guys. My first time doing it it was a lot of fun I, uh, I recorded the whole thing so I could get get a get a good post perspective on it. I did like a little self interview immediately after the experience um'll I'll probably put some clips of that up later sometimes you guys could actually see it for yourselves it's it's a lot of fun it's just uh basically it's just me kind of rolling around on the couch going oh my god oh my god <laughs> It's still pretty funny though um aside from that we talk about a lot of the regular stuff we recap on some fights that happened recently on some movies and tv shows we've been watching a little bit of like celebrity gossip um standard back and bone material today it's the back the bone and the bride so without further ado thanks for joining us and enjoy the motherfucking show All your
1: bad feelings into good feelings. It's a nightmare. <laughs> An Uzi? <laughs> I'm not from South Central, lost fucking Angeles. I didn't come here to shoot 20 black 10-year-olds in a fucking drive-by. I want a normal gun for a normal person. Whatever you're reaching for
0: better be a sandwich because you're going to have to eat it. You thought he was white before? You
1: just see that sucking man. I'll use small words so that you'll be sure to understand.
0: Alright, fuck it. We're ready.
2: Rock and roll. Hey, 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 everybody.
0: Welcome back to the Back and Bone Show. What is this, episode four?
2: This is technically this is episode five. Oh, this is episode we five, a, yeah. Released episode.
0: We we have not released episode four yet. Um so we are happy to have you joining us. We are with Matt's wife today, Ariana
2: the back hello the bone and the bride
0: damn the
3: bride
2: You're, that's how we that's refer like
3: to. How the, we could we bride. could
0: name this episode the bride of backenstein <laughs> <laughs> yeah there you go that's perfect. I like it I like it yeah we're off to a good start here so uh since we were talking about this uh, a couple podcasts ago uh, what did you think about um, what did you think about Fedor and Mir?
2: um i was pleasantly surprised because i hmm. was thinking that uh you know, it had been a while since Fedor legitimately won a fight. Because, um, you know, he had that fight with Maldonado where they gave it to him. But it was in Russia, and it was a little little suspect, let's just say. Right, right. Um, so, I no, I was pleasantly surprised. I was actually really happy. Even though I thought, like, if I was going to bet on it, I would have put my money on Mir. I was happy to see Fedor win. Because I'm, I think Mir versus Sonnen... It's a horrible matchup. Like, Mir is just way, way too big for Mm -hmm. Sonin.
0: Well, I thought that about him and Fedor, too. Fedor, too. Like, I thought the exact same thing. I
2: agree. But I think at least Fedor has fought. Like, he fought Dan Henderson, and Mm -hmm. Henderson knocked him out. Like, he's fought some smaller guys before. So at least they're closer it's, in size to where it, it makes it a, a slightly more even matchup weight-wise.
0: It, yeah, it makes the uh, the weight and size factor not as big of a deal. It's not mm-hmm. as big of a difference. Um, yeah, because actually, you and, know what?
2: Mirror looked good. He looked... I mean, he looked...
0: He, he did, but he was reckless. He and, was super reckless. I don't mean fight-wise. Yeah. I
2: mean, I'm talking, hey, I, I I'm talking, he, physique yeah, here, all right? t- we're talking physique here. We're talking... Physique-wise, This is, this is Matt the Back talking. We're talking <laughs> physique <laughs> this specifically. This is the trainer talking. Um, right? Physique-wise, he looked good. Uh,
0: fight-wise, he looked sharp. He just was he was reckless he he, he, he was he was throwing effectively he was moving well but he he wasn't really uh he wasn't as cautious as he should have been i think he had a little bit of success early and he was just like fuck it if i drive this home i can win this right now and it cost him
2: he had scored a few in his last few ufc fights i know he lost his last one um, but prior to that, he had had some wars where it, for like for the first time in his career, he had gotten in these really gnarly boxing wars. Mm-hmm. Like remember when he fought like Arlovsky, mm-hmm. he knocked out Todd Duffy.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it really seemed like he'd kind of fallen in love with his boxing a little bit. He and definitely he did. Kind he of definitely... straight away from that. It seems like, or straight away from his grappling rather. And, uh, Fader got that really nice hip toss on him,
1: it was like he did, beautiful. It was, it
0: was super clean. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, that that I don't think had too much relevance to the outcome of the fight, but it was a really nice like highlight moment.
2: It it was funny too because when I first watched it, the punch that he caught him with was kind of concealed, at Mm -hmm. least at the angle that they filmed it at. Sure. So at first, yeah, yeah, at first I thought Fedor had caught him with like a behind the head. Um, like, you know, uh, well, it had
0: a really cool setup that, that yeah. overhand that caught him behind his guard, behind the head, it knocked his head down and placed and it in perfect the, position uh, for yeah. the, the uppercut. That it's uppercut, like...
2: if you, the, the original angle they filmed it from, uh, you couldn't even see no, it. No, I and remember it wasn't that. until they played it back from a different angle you're like, oh, there it is. Yeah, that <laughs> was a fucking, cause he face planted. That was a brutal, mm-hmm. brutal KO.
0: It was, uh, oh yeah, he fucking put him you, out. You know it what was, the best, the best
2: part of that fight was, was after the fight, um, Chael Sonnen's attempt to uh, trash talk Fedor in order to build up the fight in the octagon, mm-hmm. and Fedor literally just completely ignoring him. <laughs> he would, like, look at him one time. He just yeah. was, he's like, I don't even understand what you're saying. Like, like I care less. I, I don't and, uh,
0: I don't speak English. <laughs> Chael
2: Sonnen's promos though, they've gotten cheesier over the years. Like he always it's, has. It's become problems, more. But it's, he's he's more pro wrestling than yeah, he used to be.
0: It's become more forced because he kind of has a responsibility to behave that way now. Right. And it's not as uh as natural. Like it's always kind of been that way. Which well, you know, Sonnen, that's kind kind of part of the appeal yeah, is that but, it's like it's almost scripted sounding. It's almost, so ridiculous. Yeah. But, but, well, now it's full yeah. blown script. Yeah. Right?
2: I mean, there's no doubt. Now he's straight up. Uh, he straight up rips off wrestling promos. Now he'll copy Billy Graham. He'll copy Hulk Hogan. He'll Billy copy Graham,
0: Hogan. the uh, the biblical evangelist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there is a Billy Graham. There is was a uh, Billy Graham. Wrestling. Billy Graham, the wrestler. Did yeah. he fucking he'll, knock he'll, Bibles he'll, over people's heads? He'll and shit?
2: copy these guys and uh, like shamelessly. He doesn't care. I mean, he's yeah. a huge pro wrestling fan. But um, Chael Sonnen, like for those of you that don't watch pro wrestling nowadays, they don't even. Chill, someone so cheesy that like they don't even cut promos like that anymore. That's like an '80s style of promo. Uh huh. Like that's that style of promo cutting is too cheesy to even do in the WWE in 2018. As cheesy as the <laughs> WWE is, but like, believe it or not,
0: I I um, was I was never really like uh, strictly into pro wrestling. My experience with it is mostly from like the video games because yeah. uh, the video games were always fucking dope. Yeah, remember really Remember cool SmackDown? Yeah. Yeah, SmackDown, Smackdown 2. SmackDown, I think,
2: yeah, SmackDown, or there was, a, like, a WrestleMania 2000 uh-huh. game that was really... But
1: SmackDown all, 2 was really, really in, good. In
0: in my history of, uh, of playing video games, like, the pro wrestling games were always super dope. Like, yeah. you create your own character, you yeah. basically, like, you play around with the colors and shit, and you, you basically just, make, like, a fucking alien. You know? I, I remember <laughs> I
2: would go on there, and I would play create a character, and you could just sit there for, like, hours oh, for yeah. creating a character, because they had all these uh i bought my uh my it was a super
0: advanced for its time uh create a character thing like uh
2: they were the first ones to really do that i think mm -hmm. weren't they it probably was done to that 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 i had ever experienced to
0: that extreme and i think uh yeah i I, in my experience it was the first thing like then they started doing that with all the like uh all the rpg games the um Skyrim and shit like that when those when those came out. Yeah. Now, now like half the gameplay is you creating your fucking character. It's crazy. Yeah,
2: Yeah, it's crazy. I bought my nephew. Eyes uh, just aren't
0: quite right. It's not the perfect shade of blue. Like
2: I bought my nephew WWE 2K16 and um, we were creating characters on there and yeah, it's the the amount of options they have Mm. now is crazy. Yeah. So we were asking Ariana um, before the podcast. Because, you know, me and Keith will get to talking about fighting and, of course, we're like lifelong MMA fans and, you know, our opinions are, we go pretty deep. But we're kind of curious from a outsider's perspective, kind of more or less a casual I don't even know if I would call her a casual MMA fan. Yeah. Or I would it's say a, she's a she's a forced MMA fan. Yes.
0: She. She's a she's a viewer by osmosis. She yes. happens to be in the room and is absorbing so MMA as it happens. We thought
2: it would be interesting. We would never <laughs> to, put it on by <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we, we thought it would be interesting to ask her what fighters really catch <clears throat> her eye and why.
3: Great question. I think um, when I remember we first used to go to your house and your, your mom's house mm-hmm. was, like, the place to, like, hang out and watch. Those were so like, fucking fun those days, so yeah. They were so fun. Yeah. And it was, like, when we first started dating a little bit, and so we, like, Kim would be there, and I remember she always loved Benson Henderson with the angel wings, right? She Kim was, like, loved Ben Henderson?
2: With...
0: Uh, I don't remember no. that. I remember I, I, that. I kind of remember um, her kind of she, being annoyed by him, like...
3: She said she always loved his legs. Kim, if you're listening, you loved his legs. I'm sure she... That sounds like
0: something she would say for sure, but...
3: (laughs) Yeah. So I just... That was the first one that I remember, and then, like, the whole Conor McGregor thing, like, obviously he's in the limelight, and he just, like, shit talks, and that's entertaining to me. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, I liked that. I would watch the fight just for that effect, and then you'd tell me all the backstory of them, and that would get me excited somewhat to watch it. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: So, there's no fighter that you've ever seen where you just truly appreciate their fighting skill. That's completely non, it's a non factor for you.
3: I mean, they're all like, to me, they're all very talented. I could never do that, you know, like I'm in awe of all of their, you know, courage to get up there and like be beat up. That's awesome.
0: That's a, that's a really like, fair perspective for for someone who isn't like involved in in that kind of uh training or that that sort of world Uh, like a lot of people uh who who stand from your perspective where they don't have experience with it at all or involvement in the sport they look at it and they just assume that it's easier than it is Mm -hmm. so that's actually like more appreciable that you can be like, all right, they're all yeah. awesome. Everyone yeah. who does it is
3: good. you can not pick a favorite. I just yeah. think they dedicate their lives to this. You can totally tell. Mm-hmm. They give up their jobs, their family life, you know. You
2: That's why I out. thought it was, like, super... I probably annoyed the shit out of Ariana with this when it happened, but that whole, like, speech that Meryl Streep gave at the Oscars. Oh, yeah. She was like, I thought that was, like, super insulting to fighters. Like, yeah. I don't know, you know? I didn't want to be the guy to get all butt hurt, but... I thought I just like it really made me like change the way I looked at her because it's like how could you say that I, I guess you know you could interpret it a lot of different ways but you know she was she kind of threw martial arts under the bus and said MMA and she said you know it's not th- the arts yeah and, you know, of course she was talking about acting but at the same time like well it, you know, a she, lot of people are going to hear that yeah. and they're going to think you're insinuating that Martial arts is not an art, and you're fucking crazy if you don't think it's art. Like, I mean, that's just insanity.
0: Well, we we talked to, in the last podcast about the subjectivity of language, how like people say things, or you hear things, or read things, and it comes off differently than than what it's meant to. But at the same time, Meryl Streep, her whole profession is to uh, is to shorten the range of that subjectivity and be more specific with what she right. says, like. Um, but
3: well, and the it, real fans of it are yeah. going to know that I just feel like she
2: has like no business even talking that, that about was, martial arts. That
0: was exactly she, where I was going to go is she, she's,
2: she's talking about the most, I think in the whole thing, she, pr- prior to that, she's talking about how diverse the audience is. Mm-hmm. MMA martial arts in general is the most culturally diverse sport on the planet.
0: It's also like the. The practice of martial arts has has been around yeah. much longer a, than... Than anything. Than, it's a
2: universal yeah. language. It's the one sport where you could put it on in any country at any time, and the people there don't need to know the rules and mm-hmm. know exactly what the fuck's happening. Yeah, they'll, get, they'll, they'll be able to follow it to some yeah. degree. no problem. So one exactly guy is
0: definitely. fighting another guy or yeah. girl, and, and someone is, you know, like, you get what's going on. <laughs> Clearly there's some sort of physical conflict,
2: watching uh but it's also the most complex sport there is in regards to the actual you know skill and mm-hmm. the application of it
0: right it's it's much more complicated than a lot of people give it credit for but um again going back to the Meryl Streep thing I just feel like um that was an example of someone uh looking at it from an outside perspective that has no experience with it, yeah. making judgments. Yeah, not come off that way. way. It's it uneducated. Yeah,
2: yeah, it came off Response. very ignorant.
0: That's exactly what it is. I'm uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not the biggest Meryl Streep fan anyway. I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, there's only she... been a
2: couple movies. I mean, she's a great actress, but there's only been like a few movies that I really, really... I loved mm-hmm. her, and uh, I loved The Deer Hunter. Mm-hmm. That's like, one of my favorite movies ever. She was really good in that. Um... She's like okay. I don't know.
0: I, I've just always found her to be uh, a a severe over actress and. Um,
2: I could definitely see.
0: Very that. very pretentious. Like she always kind of has that air of even when she's in character. Like I'm out. Meryl Streep. Yeah, like, Meryl Streep. <laughs> like, she kind of does. She does she playing she, well, this person today. Off, she almost like, comes
2: off like she's she came straight off of like a Broadway stage yeah. play or something like that. Right. Speaking of good actresses, I went and saw this movie uh, called Tully yesterday. It was an okay movie. It wasn't one of my favorite Charlize movies Theron. that I've seen. Mm-hmm. But Charlize Theron. baby and she Mm -hmm. plays a mom who's kind of going through like a postpartum depression type thing
0: so i i want to i want to point this out like charlize theron great actress i've always thought she was awesome uh she in in my opinion of the movies i've seen her in uh, i always felt like she flawlessly played roles where she was either in like a depression or like she was playing down, uh, yeah like a beaten down sort of like character monster. like yeah like monster, <laughs> monster? Oh <laughs> i think God. that one's kind of an extreme i was talking more of like the astro or like uh, yeah the astronaut's wife um and i haven't uh, seen astronaut oh dude it's great no Johnny i've seen D- it oh. but
2: not in a really long time uh
0: devil's advocate where she's yeah. being like in both of those movies similar roles she's being like kind of tormented into to insanity and she plays that role so flawlessly. Well,
2: she kind of has that look on her face. Like she just naturally looks like she's she has very striking features. Yeah. She almost kind of looks like she's on the verge of going crazy. Yeah, like, <laughs> like she's kind of got a she. No, she's pretty, but she yeah. has like a kind of a pretty slash slightly crazy. Yes, yeah, definitely. Like, has she would those... make a good Harley Quinn or something like that. I could
0: see that. Yeah, that's a good yeah. that's a good call. But yeah, I mean, then I I see her uh, lately lately as in like the last several years she's been coming out with these movies where she plays these like strong woman name. strong woman roles where she'll do like um what was it million ways to die in the west where she's the badass cowgirl shooter yeah. and then there was oh, like right. uh, and then there was they uh in a fast and furious yeah I never and we saw that there was um oh, mad max mad max she mad was good mad max i mean mad uh, max
2: i was just Pretty impressed with everything in that movie, so I, I, yeah. I like the whole thing. But the
0: but the one that the one that stands out that I'm I'm talking about is um, the Snow White and the Huntsman, where she's like really trying to exude yeah, this I didn't powerful see, I, I woman. Didn't see that, but I know and what you're talking
2: about because I did it, see clips of yeah. it. It ends
0: up just not like I feel like it doesn't work as well for her. Well, I don't think Charlize. Like,
2: I think that I agree with you. Yeah, I don't think when you give her and I don't now see. I don't know if that's just a um, a thing where because I typically appreciate um, actors or actresses more in general when in, like, smaller roles, you know? Like, in, like weaker, character. weaker character positions. Yeah, when they're kind of like, 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 hey, like, what's something I can use? It? Like, an example, my favorite, like, uh, Ryan Gosling performance is this movie, Half Nelson. Half Nelson, where I yeah. yeah. I thought he was so good in that. Yeah. And uh, I thought when you compare that... Or. Um...
0: Uh, United States of Leland, where he's, like, fucking half-retarded? Yeah. Like, yeah. Or, uh, or uh, Lars and the Real Girl. Did you see oh, that Oh, yeah. That one, I was, I, I didn't get into one. that because it was it was just, like, it wasn't my speed. It was a little no, too, was, like, awkward. Yeah, it was very really, uh, uh,
2: kind of indie. Yeah. Uh, it,
0: it was, the thing is, I thought it was going to be a comedy, and then I watched it, and I was like, this is not, there's nothing about this. It's funny, no. and this is just a really odd situation. No. It's like, when you watch those serious movies that, Star all comedians like like Dan in real life or yeah, like yeah. shit like that where it's just like or Jeff who lives at home. Yeah, we we're, were you guys yeah. were just
2: watching that the other day and yeah. I thought the same thing that was, like,
0: why are all these funny people not being funny? Not yeah. <laughs> comfortable with this. And Stiller
2: did that too. He did this movie called Greenberg where he played kind of a mm-hmm. this really asshole-ish I'm, I'm gonna to hit do. the uh, air
0: conditioner. <laughs> For those um, of you listening,
2: if you hear this, I'm sorry. But the the uh, the point being. Um, that when you give actors a lot of times when you give them these smaller roles and you know sometimes it could be more interesting whereas if you compare that to I like a lot of uh, Ryan Gosling's recent movies as well but ever since he did Drive which I love I've been wearing mm-hmm. a fucking Drive t-shirt he's that's obsessed like well one drive. of my favorite I remember
0: movies. he got the uh, he got the the jacket, the jacket for, Halloween. for Halloween yeah I love that movie um,
2: but um but now he's kind of in this habit of kind of portraying that perpetual kind of cool guy type yeah. role yeah quiet it's, silent it's, cool yeah work yeah. it's, it's, it's interchangeable yeah. i mean like even though i loved blade runner 2049 was probably that was in my top five mm-hmm. movies of the last 10 years i thought that
0: movie was unbelievable so i need to uh i need to re that one because i didn't i didn't get a chance to like sit through it the if, whole way
2: well, it's, it's it's a, a it's a long watch i mm-hmm. mean you and it takes some patience. I mean,
0: well, really, I'm a huge Blade Runner fan. I've seen yeah. the original Blade Runner well, like did, 200 they times. They did a great <laughs> job of
2: actually continuing the
0: yeah. Blade Runner.
2: It, it felt like. It's not like. You know, a lot of times when they bring in a new director and they do a, a movie that long after mm-hmm. the first one, it was like 40 years later. Yeah. When they do one that long, it doesn't feel like. Like when the Star Wars prequels. Well, came out. They not feel like they existed yeah. in the same universe right. as the original Star Wars. E- even
0: when a movie's like. Like ten years later. Like, remember they, they came out with a sequel to Boondock Saints when that was such a huge movie and then nobody even wanted to watch it. Right. And then yeah. they came out with the sequel to Zoolander way too late. And, I was just thinking like, about the Zoolander I, yeah.
2: I I don't think I'll ever watch the Zoolander sequel. I tried and it, it fucking blew
0: my asshole. It yeah. sucked. Yeah, <laughs> like,
2: but the point being with Ryan Gosling, you could take that character from Drive and it's almost interchangeable with yeah. the character from Blade Runner. I mean it's kinda just the same. They put him in some cool mm-hmm. kind of hipsterish outfit. Right. You know, it's he hasn't really been taking that many interesting roles lately. Um so, you know, um he's
1: he's
0: kind of uh, he's kind of typecasted himself now in bit, that sense. Yeah. A little, a little he has he has range. He ha- he can play all different types yeah. of characters, but he it seems like he likes playing that role. I don't know if you found that that's easy for him. Maybe that's just easy money. I don't know what you would call I that.
2: How, I don't know how that works in Hollywood. I don't know if it's one of those things where
1: the actor
0: Maybe Absolutely. he has a contract with how many, how many words he has in his, his script. <laughs> no They're like, you know what? Yeah. If you don't say anything, we don't have to pay you. Well, I think it's <laughs> also probably a
2: thing, too, where they kind of almost know going into it. Like, I bet, like, the director of that movie kind of had an idea. Like, that's the type of actor he... I don't know, you know? I'm yeah. sure it's, a, it's probably a whole kind of amalgam of things all wrapped into sure, one. Sure, sure. Um,
0: um, he's already a long-since-established... Um, He's a long since established actor. He's he's been, around he's been a an A-lister time. since like he was a kid. yeah, since he was like a fucking kid, skinny yeah, kid. little Ryan Gosling. You remember? You remember yeah. being kids and watching Ryan Gosling in yeah, movies? What's funny like
2: is I actually just last year uh, I watched an episode of Goosebumps that had Ryan Gosling. Oh yeah. I Also watched an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark that also had Ryan Gosling. Those were... Which um, are,
0: uh, like, practically interchangeable shows. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, and the thing about those shows was that uh, Ryan Gosling, he's a Canadian, I think. Yeah, right? yeah he's I think so, I think so. And, uh, those were Gosling both, sounds like, like a Canadian this, name. Yeah, well, there was this <laughs> weird kind of rat. Lo- I was just thinking about this the other day. There was a lot of shows from the 90s that were, like, Canadian-produced cartoons and real-life series. My
0: sisters used to watch Degrassi. Degrassi now Drake's. Now
2: Degrassi was the quintessential Canadian teen melodrama. But they also had, like, you know, like, Pete and Pete was Canadian. There was a lot I of these Pete that were Canadian-produced. Mm-hmm. I was, I was, um, I'm going to do a Matt Reviews Media on Pete and Pete. So mm-hmm. I watched, like, the first three mm-hmm. episodes of it. And I was, like, surprised at how funny I thought it was. You know, I think
0: was, a lot of those Nickelodeon shows that we grew up with had uh, very advanced humor for no, the time. They, they, like they, they were, were very, very kind like because avant garde. Yeah. Yeah. When I they were
2: they were, uh, they were uh, a lot smarter mm-hmm. than uh, we were probably able to pick up. On right. When we were well, that Right. Whenever
0: yeah. I go back and watch them, I always remember. Like I I, I always laugh my ass off yeah, whenever right. I take some time to to watch some old Nickelodeon stuff so
2: I, I was uh, I was watching the the uh the pilot episode of Pete and Pete and uh he, it was so funny the, there was a character I, named I, Open Face uh-huh. and his name is Open Face cause all he does he's a bully but he just eats Open Face sandwiches <laughs> <laughs> he's getting ready <laughs> he's getting ready to like he's gonna beat up one of the Pete's and he's like I'm gonna pound you Open Face style yeah. and then he's like and then he tells one he's got one of his little lackeys on the side and he's like uh the, the Bobby, make me a sandwich, liverwurst open face. Open face. <laughs> And it's like I don't know. I, just
0: I know back. that is funny. Is that uh, the is that the bully who's on the whole show? Is it the same the same guy? You're talking it, about endless Mike. Is that um, in my? It's been so long since I've watched it, but in my head, I I know that's a familiar actor. He is. Yeah, is he's it,
2: been in. So you're talking about it. Endless Mike is the one where Pete is almost has to wrestle him on Yeah, the that's episode. the exact episode Pete, I'm thinking of
0: Pete where he a, like he sabotages Yeah.
2: Pete rips out a t- he attempts to rip out a tooth in order to make
0: weight. Dude, it's grotesque to, because uh, he he like he murders half the wrestling team. Like we <laughs> yeah. don't really think about that. Like yeah. he 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 so that he would have to wrestle Pete.
2: Uh, I'm going to have to fact check that, but yeah, Endless Mike is he does have a he has been in other uh he's I think he's one of the more famous yeah i, famous guys to come out of I feel
0: t-shirt. like he's somebody famous and i can't i can't quite put my finger on who he is but another note on pete and pete i saw a guy i saw a guy at the bar at uh, the at the blind donkey uh this bar over pretty close to my house and uh he was wearing the exact same shirt that Arnie, the strongest man in the world wears. And I just started calling him Arnie all night. <laughs> and he, he was like, "He like, who is that? It's from Pete and Pete, bro. And he's like, I've never seen it. I was like, get the fuck out of this bar right now. Wait a minute, so this guy was wearing an Arnie, the strongest
2: man no. in the world t-shirt
0: he was wearing it, the same T shirt that Artie wears. And he didn't know and, and he, he didn't know. No. He didn't he was just wearing that T shirt. So and was I was he
2: just like a super hipster who yeah,
0: just had no Dude, hair. it was a blind donkey. It's like the most hipster bar you can go to. That's
1: very It odd.
0: sounds hipster. It's you can tell by the name it's yeah, a hipster bar. It's great, I love it, but um yeah, I, I just started giving this guy shit for being for being the strongest man in the world all the <laughs> I couldn't believe he hadn't seen it too and he was wearing that shirt.
2: So Endless Mike is portrayed by Rick Gomez. He's now forty five years old. Man, that makes me so
0: old. No, oh, that yeah, hurts. Okay,
2: this is why he looked familiar. He's been in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Eleven Fourteen, last He Red was
0: Red Red Red. Uh, he was one of the he was one of the thugs Ray. on Ninja Turtles, wasn't he? He was in Ray? He in Ray. <laughs> yeah, he was a thug in Ninja Turtles. Yeah. He was
2: in Sin City, Transformers He was
0: a... Uh... Love Ranch. Ah oh, shit. Was oh, he he the one who mugs um who mugs April O'Neil in I, the beginning when they robbed the the van?
2: I don't know who he was specifically.
0: Bad um, timing. But, uh, Bad timing? Is that him? him?
2: That probably was him. He's been in a shitload of uh, television shows.
0: Yeah, that that's funny, man. It's um, we're, we're making connections here. There's like like last time we did the Halloween thing with uh yeah, with weird yeah, yeah I know. So For for those of you listening you know pay attention for the connections from your favorite 90s media (laughs) yeah um
2: so we wanted to ask ariana about uh she's a designer for those of you who don't know more of like a we always joke around and call her like a junior architect Um, (laughs) she'll go in and she'll do not just the design aspect of the home but also kind of it from the
3: ground up, you know, as far as, well, you say what you do, I don't want to say something like that.
0: No, yeah, give, 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 no, give us a, a rundown of, of no. what you do, yeah.
3: So I do basically, I'm not an architect in the sense that I didn't go to school for architecture, I went to school for interior design, so it's basically everything interior-wise for your home, I plan and design and specify, and oftentimes I end up doing the exterior as well, picking all of the finishes, like if we're doing siding or stucco, what type of roof. So it is more than just picking paint colors, which people tend to think that's all all I do. So not the case. But yeah, I have my own studio in Shell Beach and I went to school for design. It's kind of all I've known since I was 17, 18. So it's really neat to be able to do that and be on my own, be my own boss.
1: Who's
2: your most annoying client ever, without naming you? You
0: are. Okay. No. <laughs>
3: no, I had some. I've had some really difficult clients. I have to say, it's oftentimes the ones that just think that they know better than I do, but they still hired me to do their design. But they still they think they're a designer.
0: Those are the worst clients in any profession. In any profession. Yeah. No matter what you do, you always get people who think they know what better you're doing than you. better than you. Like, yeah. hey. Don't hire me if you're the expert. Exactly. (laughs)
3: I've like literally had to say like, look, this is what you're paying me to do. Let me do it or just you do it.
2: Yeah, you get that in training. Mm -hmm. You get that in training too. You get people who will question what you're telling them. Um, And a lot of times it's like the most simple, like obvious things that they're questioning. And you're like, look, man, if you don't. Go on Google if you don't believe mm-hmm. me or fucking do it your way. See if it works because obviously it's you know that's the crazy thing about it too is you kind of get to see how just crazy some people
0: are. I, I get that a lot when I'm teaching uh, when I'm teaching people. I'll do uh, private sessions or if I'm teaching class, I'll always be be someone who's like, what if I do it this way right? I heard that I, I, you're supposed to move like this. Yeah, and I just always tell them I go, hey man,, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> do that. But you're in my session right now. Yeah. So during my time, do what I tell you to do or don't come. Yeah, Yeah, because like
2: and that's it's obnoxious also because of the fact that they don't have the ability to see that it's it's interruptive, especially if you're doing a group class. Right. If You're doing a group class and somebody says, well, I heard you can do it or I heard you should do it this way or that way. And it's like, well, I've got, you know, 20 other people to Mm -hmm. teach. and I'm making my rounds here and I can't spend 10 minutes with you going over alternate ways to do this move. Uh, This is the way we're learning it today, right?
0: A lot of the time I'll I'll stop people there. If they get too deep into it, like I'll answer a question real quick, um, but I'll stop them there and I'll be like, look, uh, we got to get through class. Uh, If you want to explore that more. Let's do it after class. Yeah. We we got to go through this time. though. Right, we yeah, have a curriculum. Exactly.
2: And you and you know what's funny is you have to do the exact same thing in training. Where I'll show somebody how to do, say I'm showing somebody how to do a lunge, and they're like, well, um, you know, let's say I'm showing them how to do a standard lunge where they keep the knee over the toe, they hinge at the hip, they soften their back knee, 90 degree bend, whatever. But then they go, well, uh, I heard you're supposed to let the knee track forward then it's like well that's one way you can do Mm -hmm. it if you want to make it more quad dominant if you want to make it more hip dominant you could hinge at the hip more like you can go into all these little Mm -hmm. minute details sure but it's like learn the fucking basic before you move on to variations
0: i was i was literally just having that conversation with one of the guys that i train with like beginner grappler guy and uh we had an open mat last night and i'm rolling with all these like fucking killers who know what they're doing who've been grappling for years and then I got this guy, uh, this guy that I trained with who for one, he's, he's a very low weight. He like, I'm, I'm a, I'm an overweight 170 pounder, which means I'm about 200 right now. I'm going with this guy who's like one, probably 40, one, 135, And he just like sits back into like butterfly guard and starts trying to like maneuver crafty techniques with me. And I was just like, dude, fucking stand up. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm going to put you on your back. He's like, well, I want to work on this. I'm like, don't worry, man. I'm going to put you on your back. <laughs> like, right, try yeah. not to end up there right now. Learn learn the basics before you start trying to be fucking Hoist Gracie, all right? Right.
3: right. I think people are just impatient, and they want, like, the quickest, fastest, cheapest, easiest way, and the, sometimes it's just not going to happen.
0: They want to do the fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, you know, even, I, you know, I can relate to that, because I remember even when I, when I first started exercising or training of any kind um you know i i would um i was probably doing things that were a little too advanced for me or things that i wasn't ready for and um it's weird because i almost i and i think there's probably a lot of people that do this but people that kind of work in reverse essentially and i kind of noticed that uh that i did that where You know, I started out doing things that were probably too advanced for me and I was doing kind of the fun workouts and stuff that I would see like UFC fighters doing. And then it wasn't until later on that I really started to get into the basics of doing a proper squat and doing a proper, all the minute details of doing a proper bench press and just all these little things,
0: you know. Can you relate to that from a a designer perspective? Like doing, trying to like get too advanced before you were... Like trying to get into like fun stuff before you learned basics about it. Is there is there a way to
3: to translate that? You know, and okay, this is how I can relate to it. I think there are a lot of people out there that think that they are good at decorating, and I'm sure that they are, and they think that they want to become an interior designer, which is awesome, great, go for it. But I will tell you that. In school you learn all of the technical things that you will never learn on a job like Mm -hmm. I'm sure you could learn how to pick the perfect paint color awesome but you will never learn how to dimension a plan properly unless you go to school okay so I would say that there are a lot of people out there that want to just jump into it and they do start their businesses but they don't understand that it's so much easier to go and learn the technical stuff like you guys are saying And then get into the fun stuff. Mm -hmm. Because you're never going to be balanced in that sense.
0: It's... uh, It's... It's just like,
3: patience and people don't want to, pe-
0: do, that. People want to do the surface stuff. Yeah. All the stuff you can see, all the, like, the colors and shapes, but yeah. there's there's mathematics behind it there that you have so to. There's so much learn. risk involved
3: like, with design. And there's like Instagram. It's there's... a dangerous
0: world, design. <laughs> there it is. Well, we, were,
3: we were <laughs> yeah. talking about I could this. tell you a horror story.
2: <laughs> we were I'd love to it. hear it. Yeah. yeah, well, let's hear that story. Um, but first, I want to touch on this because we mm-hmm. were just talking about this at dinner a few weeks ago. How I was saying that. You know, in a lot of ways, other than somebody getting hurt, um, when I'm training somebody, which typically won't happen because I wouldn't put them in a position to where that would happen. Right. um, My job is very low risk because I can constantly go back to the drawing board i'm working with somebody and they're just not into the workout we're doing that day i could change it on the fly and go, mm-hmm. let's do something completely different right. let's switch gears if i could tell they're not into the plan that we're on and they would they want to go a different direction we could go a different direction with her she doesn't have that option when you have somebody who has twenty to a hundred thousand dollars invested mm-hmm. in this project, once you pick certain things and they're shipping these things yeah. over, once you're, you're already you're, in, you're in, yeah. Yeah. You're you're in
0: the done. project and you're and money is invested. You can't right. just be like,
3: And no. not just like <laughs> thousand. I mean, hundreds of thousands. Some of these projects I'm working on are million dollar projects, mm-hmm. and so they've trusted me to like pick out the right cabinetry and do the right cabinet design and order this furniture that takes six months to get in you know if i mismeasure or if i order incorrectly i'm screwed yeah that's a lot of money to be out
2: well and and the other thing that i've 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 heard a lot about from ariana is that you know people will pick things that they think that they want and they'll have an idea of how they think it's going to look and they'll actually get it in person and then they'll change their mind once it's there so you constantly have people who you know have expectations of what they might think that they're gonna get but they just you never really know i guess Mm -hmm. ariana could phrase it better you never know i guess until you see it in person i
3: think it's like explaining it's managing client expectations and also explaining properly what it's going to look like and i think when you don't work with a designer and you just have a contractor who's just like, go, 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 pick something out, don't care, need to meet the schedule, I wanna get paid, you know the client feels rushed, mm-hmm. and so they don't know what they're deciding on.
0: So in essence, you're kind of mind fucking the client yeah, yeah. as half the uh, yeah, half yeah. the job. Half the job is it's meeting psychology. their expectations. Yeah. Welcome, half, to, yeah. welcome to the world of personal the, training. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah. No, no. no. Constant half, ego stripping yeah. Half half the job is uh, is mind fucking someone to meet. The possible uh, outcome, yeah. and then the other half is making the outcome meet Happen. the mind fuck yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> well,
0: the, Yeah, that's, that's genius. I love it. Well, <laughs> that's true for anything, I never, though, I never either. knew design was so exciting. <laughs> that, that's true for
2: anything. That's how I can compare it to training, is because you could be working yeah. with somebody. I'll have women. I have, I'll have women I work with who tell me, "Well, I want to get my butt bigger and more toned, but I don't want to add any size to my legs. I want to simultaneously shrink the size of my legs." And it's like, well yeah, you can do isolation exercises. Theoretically. On your butt, <laughs> but how are you gonna how are you gonna grow all the exercises that you can do that are gonna make your butt grow the most, squats, deadlifts, you're gonna your legs are gonna increase in size as well.
0: So you're just like, <laughs> Yeah, we could totally do that. I can um, see like there's awesome. we got some uh we got some some I, some hip flexor extensions well, that we could work on well, make, yeah, like...
2: So what I'll do is there's I try to be honest with them at first. Yeah. And I tell them, yeah, that's just not going to happen. Like, if you just naturally have, the, don't get me wrong, you can do isolation exercises, but when you're paying me to see me three times a week for an hour, um, you know, you can't just spend all those hours just only doing butt isolation exercises. You're going to have to do some
0: squats. And you're going to develop and... scoliosis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's, back... like that's what
2: I try to tell <laughs> them. I literally tried to tell them. Your like, back gonna is develop... going to twist into a pretzel that's if what I you fucking. To tell him, you're yeah. going to develop massive imbalances in your body. Yeah. If you do that, it's not good for you. Help yeah. But they don't care. Um, so it's gotten to the point, yeah, where there is sometimes where if they ask me, um, you know, I'll have them doing a certain exercise and they'll say, you know, is this going to work? my does this work for my bet and i just go yeah shut up yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> because the outcome's still yeah, going to be totally. the same they just want to hear they psychological it's a psychological thing. Well, they just um, want to hear what they want to hear one
0: of one of the things like the 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 physiological aspect of fitness is uh, genetics just has a lot to do with your it has genetics has almost everything to do with your with your muscle shape and structure yes uh, you can make your muscles larger you can make your muscles smaller um you can increase and decrease the amount of fat in your body but you can't really change the shape of your muscles and the way that they they operate with each other no, so every, that everybody's
2: that, muscle bellies are born with certain lengths yeah and uh, you know some people just have they're built in a way that's more at ad- aesthetically pleasing mm-hmm. and it's more advantageous to bodybuilding well or it's interior, it's, or it's the same muscle
0: building in general yeah it's the same thing as people who are naturally more athletic than other people some people can just pick up weights and like yeah in a month they're they're more explosive and more dynamic they can fucking yeah and
2: it's the same thing for it's same thing for me i was never naturally super super strong i mean i was probably stronger than your stronger and Mm -hmm. more athletic than your average guy um but i was definitely naturally very flexible like the level of flexibility mm-hmm. that i had naturally you would have to i there's just people that i work with who it would take them years to get to that point point. and everybody has their own version of that you mm-hmm. know everybody's going to have their own thing that they're naturally good at so physically
0: I, I would have to say like i i i don't really know uh what what my natural where my natural like abilities would lie because like I don't think I am a an exceptionally athletic person, well, from, but from as an outsider's yeah.
2: perspective, I've I've always known where it is. Yeah, and you I don't even know if you would agree with it, but I've always known mm-hmm. where it is. It's mentally, mm-hmm. like mentally, you can handle pressure unlike anybody that I know personally. <laughs> I mean, really, for That's the, cool, those yeah. of you out there um, listening, like Keith can handle pressure like nobody I've ever met. Um, I've never met anybody who prior to their fights I mean I'm sure everybody's internally nervous before a fight whether they'll admit it or mm-hmm. not but you can just tell going into your fights that you're focused you're you stick to your game plan like you you don't you don't get visibly emotional the same way a lot mm-hmm. of people do you know
0: I, I remember I've seen people in the locker rooms before and I'm just like I, I'd be like hanging out with people and I'd see like I have a specific... I'm not going to name names because it's kind of embarrassing, but, like, right. uh, I got... Like, one of my friends is in there, and he just... It's a guy with, like, several fights under his belt, and he's about to go out, and he's, like, telling... He's, like, telling his corner, he's, like, cut my wraps off. I can't go out there. I can't fucking go out there. Like, right in All front right. of everybody. Yeah. And the guy's like, hey, man, keep your shit together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, dude. dude, I I
2: couldn't imagine though having the wraps on yeah. and then cuz I feel the wraps for those of you who've never fought which dude, most of you probably like, haven't. Dude, it's like when they put your wraps on, that's like a nail going into a fucking coffin. Dude, that means I, it is time. That's like the, you that's when you start to you feel then I don't know who <laughs> you are. When they start to do your wraps, you're feeling the nerves you're dude, sitting there when like, I,
1: fucking.
0: When I, when I when I feel them start putting the wraps on, that's where it starts to get real. That's where it's like shit, this is about to go down. But when I have my wraps on, I heard this way before I ever fought. It was on a, it was on an episode of uh, Grappler Baki, and it's always resonated with me because I feel exactly the same way. He's like, he's like, something happens like. Like, I don't feel like I know what I'm doing, but as soon as I get these wraps on, my hands just feel so powerful. They do. And dude, when I, get, though. when I get, my, like yeah, I mean, when I get my, like I yeah, when I get my wraps on, I feel like I could punch through a fucking wall. Like yeah. I feel, I feel destructive when I get my wraps yeah. on and it gives me such a confidence boost. I'm just like, fuck it, man. These yeah. things are
2: it does put you it definitely puts you in a different place you go into a totally different mind state where everything the way i described it it was like everything becomes kind of dreamlike in Mm -hmm. a way because you have you there's so much build-up it's just such uh, at least for me it was like such high anxiety there's all this build-up to it and you're constantly thinking about this moment and then you finally get there and then it's over
0: for those of you that don't know um Matthew actually competed in. If I'm, you'd have to fact check me on this, uh, but I'm pretty sure that I'm right because I remember the announcement about it. But Matt actually competed in the first ever amateur uh, mixed martial arts event in California. The first, was it like, it really? I, I uh, believe, I believe that the one that was at the the Armory that you, the Santa yeah. Maria one that you fought on, I think that was the first Camo event that was held. Wow, no it might have been like it might have been one of the first. But I I'm I think I remember uh, uh, Jeremy Lapin, uh, uh, the guy who who owned Cam or he was one of the CEOs of Camel. I don't know how, how that worked, but he was like one of the head officials. Yeah. Um, he was there and he was giving us an announcement at the weigh-ins and he was oh, saying like, this is, first, right. uh, yeah. "This is the first, this is the first ever Camel okay, yeah. event. No, this is no, a historic." I totally of, about yeah.
2: That. I completely forgot about yeah. that. you're right because I do remember that. Yeah, I just forgot.
0: And Matt, Matt was my uh, my number one training partner in the backyard. We were just like, you know, training in front of the goats and shit, hitting hitting it was, pads. It was pretty
2: crazy how it happened because we um, we went to uh, Keith was the one I think who found out about the tryout that they were doing at uh, they were doing a tryout at the Paragon. Paragon, yeah. Yeah, and then we both got calls like right after the tryout to. And for those of you who don't know, these tryouts are basic. We didn't know it at the time. We felt special. When we yeah, these calls, right, right. There was nothing special. It was about just, it. It. it was just a <laughs> scouting thing to <laughs> yeah, see people who like, were interested. Yeah. like, this guy looks like he might be able to beat somebody up. All right, let's <laughs> throw <it in> there.
0: <laughs> this um, guy's got some vague like <laughs> understanding of martial yeah. arts to some degree. Um,
2: so we both got calls pretty quick, and then yours, like, I just, I think they did they they had you fighting on that first card, but your fight fell through. My Isn't fight fell through.
0: Um yeah. So yeah, we both
2: got booked for that first card, but Keith's fight fell. Apart. They they
0: never found me a matchup. They oh, never, never actually gave me somebody to, to well, fight.
2: Well, Keith was well, Keith was um, because of your weight too. You were harder to find matchups for because how much or what did you weigh? In I
0: time? I was uh, I was one eighty five. Really? Yeah, I was one eighty five all through camo, and uh, what did I had like
2: at? I think I was like one eighty. They had me
0: fight. I thought you were one seventy. Maybe no, one seventy. It wasn't, it wasn't no? seventy. No, it was in my... the
2: eighties. My first one, yeah. All right. Yeah. You
0: might have been one eighty five then. It I remember was... that guy you fought was big. Yeah, he Mike? was
2: big. He was a lot bigger. Than yeah, um, yeah. They uh, well, anyways. Um, yeah, they did the scouting thing. So, and then yeah, it was it was crazy too because we hadn't. Keith had been training for longer than I had. I mean, I had I had a bag in my garage and I had like taught myself how to kick on my own and stuff like that. Um, and we I grappled here and there, but um, we didn't start training together consistently until the, a few months before that. So we got that call, and we just started preparing for the fight, and, man, it was kind of a trip, because it was just, like, we went from just, like, hanging out in the backyard practicing, and it was like, well, I guess I'm going to go fight? fight. Like, <laughs> like, what else? I guess you know, the next step. It's stop. crazy. It's pretty crazy. Yeah,
0: yeah. It See, it was very... Um, it, it was a very natural progression. I mean, like, it was surreal, but it was natural, too, right. because, like, I always wanted to do uh, some kind of competing in mixed martial arts, and I knew that, uh, like... We, we weren't part of any gym or anything. We weren't part of yeah. any teams. We were, we were young. We were like pretty, pretty like recently in the grander scheme of things out of high school. And uh, I didn't know about things like smokers and the types right. of like amateur events yeah, no. that go on. So I didn't have any experience with that um, or have any way of finding those. Uh, all I knew is like I'd train with like local guys around town and people's garages and. I'd uh, meet with fighters, and I thought, like, well, I don't really want to just start off as a professional and fuck up my pro career, and then just magically they they made the um they they initiated Camo, which is the California Amateur League, and which it was cam- just like
2: Camo's still going, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, Camo's still big, big as ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just like, I was like, oh yeah, fuck it, I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that was where we found out about it was at the uh, the tryouts. Yeah, because that was what it was. It was it was this little like, like we said, the one in Santa Maria was the first show, so they had the the tryout in Santa Maria, and that was their way of scouting all the all the people. They had this weird like thing. It was like. If you get selected from the tryout, you get a three thousand dollar contract. It was such it's a, a fucking lie. lie. Nobody like nobody ever got
1: a contract. Yeah, no one.
0: There was no contract. Nobody there got a contract. No contract. It was. It was Completely totally. Bullshit. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that was a uh, that uh, that was a fun time. That was interesting.
2: Um, so as far as uh, we got away from it, but I wanted to hear what was your horse story, Ariana? Oh yeah, uh, you had a story. story. Yeah.
3: Oh God. Um. So I had this client, it was a whole house remodel that we ended up doing. They had a flood and we had like two months to put the house back together and the clients were not, they were out of the country for most of the remodels. So I'd met them like a few times. I got brought onto the job by a contractor who actually went to Matt's gym and um, anyway, so everything was going great, loved all of my selections. We started getting things installed. Um, new shower tile, new flooring, like everything. Then the clients came back from their trip and the wife just ends up nitpicking every last thing down to like the grout colors, like saying that she never picked this stuff and just Wait, going now, like,
2: so For the um, I, I'm i only asking because, um, I don't even know what it means. What does grout color mean?
3: It's like the tile and it's the grout in between the tile. Okay. So like in her shower.
0: It's the, the ceiling material. Yeah. Okay. Not ceiling, but ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like
3: Yeah, it's the final thing that goes in between the tile. Um so anyway, she was going down like nitpicking every single trade we had to get back out there. The wood flooring guy, the fireplace guy, blah blah blah. It was just like complete nightmare. And so the, the last thing that I had to do for her was to install her living room rug, which was a $10,000 rug from India and it was back ordered for 4 months. Nightmare. So then it arrives, finally, and I get a text, like, 7 a.m. saying the rug doesn't fit. And I'm like, okay, you're crazy, whatever, I'll come over and, like, check it out. I get there. The rug is way too big. Like, I just did not, I dropped the ball, don't know what happened. Nightmare client did not check my measurements on that. The Mm -hmm. one thing that I didn't double check. So I'm like, all right, all right, all right. So there's a couple ways we could do this. I could get the rug bound and you know, cut locally by a rug place, it would be about $500. I'll pay. It's my fault, whatever. This client was not having it. I had to pay to ship the rug back and get the smaller rug. It cost me $2,500. Jeez. $2,500 for a stupid like thing. And just the wrong client for that to happen to. Any other client I think would have been more understanding or Easier to work with, but like that's a prime example of like shit can go wrong
0: and mm-hmm. it can get very expensive. I can I can comprehend that from a, like I, I work in food service and I've had a lot of different jobs in food service over over the years, and there's just a huge difference between uh, from from customer to customer. Like yeah. a little thing can be no big deal, yeah. or it can be just like they want to have you fired because you yeah. forgot the honey mustard. <laughs> and then, like, Which is like, crazy like that. Yeah,
2: that, I always thought that was nuts Because I always make it a point Not even a point, it's just naturally how I am But when we go out to eat and like something gets messed up. I don't even care. I don't yeah. even like I don't complete. make a big deal. I don't, like they if like I, I don't even bring it up. <laughs> yeah, like, I fucking hate mayonnaise, but if there's mayonnaise on my burger, whatever, I'm fucking wiping it off. Like yeah. I don't give a shit enough to make them go back and then have to wait. Like it's not that big you, a deal.
0: You can't even understand if you don't work in food service <laughs> how much attention to detail we do like as a as a team. We are organizing a staff in the back. Like it is it's a fucking beehive back there of yeah. activity. Where it's like, it's all smooth and and in light area. in the dining area, everybody's enjoying their food, and in the back, we're all just scrambling around, like, right, and right. like we gotta make sure everything is perfect, shit falls through the cracks, there's too much going on, yeah. you know, well, like...
2: What, what, what I always, what I never could understand is how some people just don't understand the concept that... It's not. Oh, it's not the server's fault. Like yeah. Like okay. Like if something gets messed up on your order, like the chef is the one who fucking
1: cooked it. And the expos,
0: so, the expos are responsible. Expos the, the and food expos runners are, are like it. we yeah, check it, make sure everything's good. At yeah. One point. That's kind of that's mostly what I'm doing right now <laughs> right. is um, expoing and yeah. training I mean, for, for uh, server. For
2: those of you that don't know, I thought expoing was like the hardest job you could have in the kitchen in a way mm-hmm. because you're in between the chefs and the servers. And they fucking, the servers are constantly ripping into you. Mm -hmm. Everybody, it's like if something gets fucked
0: you're the one who who has to piss off the cooks because you're the one who has to be like, you know, like, hey man, this thing's wrong, you know, wrong. And then they look at you like, why do I have to, it's like, dude, it's your fucking job. Take care of it.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. The the, the chefs get mad at you because you're basically telling them what Mm -hmm. needs to be done. The servers, if if their food, like I, I can't even count how many times when I was working at Applebee's way back in the day. Um, I would have these fucking bitchy servers Mm -hmm. getting mad at me because their food wasn't coming out on time or or their food didn't get ran. Okay. Mm -hmm. This would drive me nuts. I was one girl I, I, I would, uh, who I worked with who was just a complete bitch. I couldn't stand her. And, uh, she would, she, I remember she never would run her food. Mm -hmm. She, I don't know what the fuck, I don't know if she was fucking smoking crack in the bathroom or what the fuck she was doing. She wouldn't run her food. She would just disappear for her entire shift. And she might show up once every hour. Like seriously. Yeah. And uh, she would come in and she was constantly getting mad at me that her food wasn't getting ran. And I would be yelling hot food for people to run. guess what? The servers also knew that she was fucking running off. And they didn't want to run her food on purpose. So she didn't quite understand that. And I go, what do you want me to do? I'm telling them to run your food. They're not running Mm -hmm. it. Maybe you should be here to run it.
0: There's a there's a yeah, and she I can get mad
2: because that's fucking up her tips. Right, that it's your fault if you're not there to run it. Yeah, she needs to find a different career.
0: Right, if you're not good at at being hospitable and helpful, like yeah, food service is probably not for you. Uh, we got this one this one person at my work. Like, I'm not gonna name any names, but um, like it's it's not that bad. It's not as bad as what you're talking about, but uh, she like is, she's kind of like unaware of her surroundings or just doesn't give a shit like she'll just walk right through people and like grab shit and like she and she, know she doesn't like an yeah no somewhere. doesn't yeah doesn't yeah and she doesn't like she not say corner she, when she's turned in the yeah, corner yeah she will not run anyone's food or drinks except for her own what a bitch yeah like, like only worst, doesn't it, that's a big no yeah, she's right? not she's not expressive about it in any way but she just will like she'll come up to a tray that has uh that has multiple people's drinks, and she'll just pull everyone's drinks off of it, and then take her drink. Wow. It'll really be like one drink. Yeah, super discourteous. And she, like, and the, that's what it, that's why it annoys me that she like doesn't like wait her turn. She doesn't wait behind people to get stuff. She'll just like go through them and like grab very like lethargically. <laughs> and she's kind of big too. so She'll be like, she'll just kind of like barrel through people and be like. She's, up, she's like taking the food yeah. to
2: the bathroom and like hoarding
0: it and just eating, <laughs> just it eating her own. She's just ordering everything for herself. <laughs> <laughs> We're fat. We're yeah, here, guys. I know. No, she's not like she's not like super fat, but I just mean like she's big. Like we have a tight space, and she's not like <laughs> I think a, you're she's not a petite fat person. From Powers, right? like, Give me my food. <laughs> <laughs> oh I think oh it has God. a piece of
2: corn in it.
0: Chill as bandit uh, no, yeah, no, shit like that, like, uh, courtesy is a big factor in, uh, in, in food service for sure, but yeah, we really just got on that because of, a uh, we were talking about, um, customer and client courtesy from, uh, Ariana's job, how different people can really be, like. I
3: think once you get money involved, like, people just change. Yeah. You just see, you really see, like, the worst in people sometimes. Yeah and but then you get to know like i get to know my clients really really well i know where they like to put their toothbrush i know mm-hmm. that the husband wants a door on the bathroom door mm-hmm. you know like i just learn all these weird things
0: sure and, sure i mean that that makes sense because yeah. like you spend so much time working with them right? that you get to know their quirks and you get to know like
3: and sometimes it's you know for like a year long project and so you mm-hmm. get very involved in them and then sometimes When it goes really, really well, I get sad about the project being over. And I Mm kind of like miss my clients because they, when you're self employed, you don't have, you know, this team of coworkers around you. Your clients become your friends and your coworkers
1: somewhat. Mm -hmm.
3: So, yeah, it's just, it's crazy the dynamic of it all.
0: That is crazy. So much time with a temporary group. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's like you're changing setting every, every like, couple weeks or couple months that you're, you know, at your job. It's a whole new position. Yeah. So, um, I know you guys are out here right now, uh, to see a concert. Who are you seeing?
2: We're going to go see LCD sound system and the yeah, yeah, yeahs. That was,
0: that that was a mouthful for sure.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And they have a special guest coming. So we'll see who that is. Cool. I,
3: Matt wants to think it's going to be Arcade Fire, but don't think so.
0: Okay.
2: Well, you know what I want to get into? Forget about this silly, stupid little concert. I want to get into Keith's DMT trip.
0: Oh, man. That, <laughs> that was a show in and of itself. So, uh, recently, a dear friend gifted me with uh, a couple hits of DMT, and... Uh, he actually gifted Matthew and I with a couple hits of DMT, <laughs> but, but was too big of a pussy to well, mine. <laughs> Matt Matt doesn't Matt doesn't like psychedelics, and I yeah. fucking love them. So <laughs> uh, yeah. that's that's one of uh, that's that's one angle that we differ on. Uh, the the short the short story is it was fucking amazing. It was tremendous. Um, I did was uh, I got off work and I came home, and I had the two hits ready uh I sprinkled it over I sprinkled the first one over some weed and I I put some like uh, specifically I put on relaxation radio on Pandora because I just wanted like some peaceful music uh I set up my camera and I was like I want to document this for posterity (laughs) and uh um what does
3: it look like can I like what is it is it in like powder form
0: uh it, it yeah, it's like a powder crystal form. It's like, like a wax. Yeah, it's almost like a
3: dab? Like a dab. Like yeah. That's that, what it
0: looked like. That's yeah. probably a better way of putting it. It's like a it's like a wax. So uh he gave it to us in little uh little capsules. So we popped the capsules open and put it on the weed. Um so the first one, I don't know if I took the hit wrong or if I just like didn't didn't hit it hard enough or didn't hold it long enough, but I took the hit, held it in Um, and when I let it out immediately I started feeling something I was just sitting right there on the couch where you are and uh, I had my lights off but I I had a little like I had this little like uh, multicolor lamp thing going and I was just like oh yeah I feel a little something you know and I I see these little like uh, geometric patterns like like layered over everything where it would be like little triangles and squares and they'd be kind of dancing around I'd be like, yeah, this is, this is kind of fun. And I, I was trying to talk. I remember that was my, my speech was very jumbled up. I had a hard time, like, I wanted to be vocal with the camera so that I could document what was happening. Um, and I would, like, I'd see something and I would be like, okay, I'm looking at things in my room. I'm looking at shadows and I'm looking at, like, all the stuff that I have over here. And I'm like, I can kind of see, like, a, I think, like, I can see, like, a scary face, but it doesn't make me feel afraid it doesn't feel like malicious and then that would come out as like this is a face scary face <laughs> <laughs> so you
3: were just like lights off yeah by yourself yeah a little snuggy. yeah i
0: was just sitting there all comfortable like i had uh, i had my my sweater my sweatpants on i'm like okay this is nice and uh so i i that that passed in about five minutes it didn't really get very intense and then i was just like all right i got this second hit I might as well take it now and just like, you know, get the get the most out of this instead of just having another like half ass trip later. Um, and I remember specifically saying to the camera, I was like, I don't know if I just have a high tolerance for psychedelics. I've had a really hard time, like sort of crossing, the you know, breaking through into the other dimension. The last several times I've done them, uh, whether it's like shrooms or LSD or whatever it is that I I do, um, I haven't been able to like cross over and I was like, it's probably the same for this. So, so I put the other hit in, and uh, I make sure that I get it everything. I completely, like, just starched this bowl. And, um, and I just laid back, had the color lights off and everything, had the music playing, and then um, uh, immediately, before I even finished uh, holding in the hit, I held it in for about 10 seconds, I counted down, and when I got to 2, everything started going fucking, like, and um i when i started to exhale the exhale felt like it was like 10 minutes long i was just like
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> i couldn't stop exhaling and it was like um
2: it literally yeah. is like it's like shing sun in moral combat, and your soul yeah my soul was just being
0: like, like yeah <laughs> so I'm looking. I'm laying down on the couch right here. I'm looking up at the. Uh, I'm looking up at the the bars of my bed here, and this sheet kind of like starts to form over it, and um, on that sheet is all again the geometric shapes, the squares, rectangles, triangles, and they're all kind of like dancing, creating this pattern, and then I don't know where that peels away like a curtain, and there's a a more solid, more colorful, more um, more detailed thing of essentially the same thing. Uh, if you ever see the movie, I really recommend this, especially if you like drugs, you should watch the movie, the secret of Kells. It's a very psychedelic animated experience. It's, it's a family friendly, like uh, fantasy movie, but it, it's, it's art themed. The whole point of the movie is, uh, is visual arts. And, um, a lot of what I experienced visually reminds me a lot of the scenes in the movie, uh, the secret of Kells, and so, as as these sheets peeled away, they continued to do that. And every time a sheet peeled away, it would be a more detailed, more visual, more specific thing that I'm looking at. And it would go from geometric shapes to complex uh, three dimensional shapes. And before I knew it, I was in fucking space, and I had to continuously remind myself to exist, or I felt like I would disappear into the universe. Like I had to remind myself that I. I am. I am here. I'm. I'm alive. <laughs> and, uh, mm. I'd have to like shake it off, but I would still be in deep. I would like. It, it was impossible not to be. Um, I was definitely paralyzed in the uh, in the couch. Not not moving a lot. Um, maybe like kind of like wriggling around, like all giggly, like. <laughs> <laughs> that,
1: that sounds frightening.
0: It was it sounds frightening, but it was not. It was super peaceful. It was like it was very intense but peaceful at the same time. I don't know that sounds like like uh
3: What was the duration?
0: In the real world, about like ten minutes. Wow Uh, to me it was probably like it felt like it could have been like an hour or something. It felt very, very lengthy. But it's very powerful. It's a very powerful experience. Like you don't really want it to be more than like ten minutes. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, I was. I I just felt this extreme feeling of uh, of like peace and love, like that that thing people say about DMT. I remember um, we we talked to we talked to Dirk about his DMT experience, and he yeah. he's he said almost this exact same thing when I was when I was re listening to it. I caught this, but um, when people say how it feels like you're in another dimension, I absolutely can can vouch for that because it, there, there's this thing about it. Like everything you see, it's like you see another layer to the same universe that you're in. You see, you can see the bed, but you can see beyond the bed. You can see the other, the other world that, that, that bed exists in, you know, the, the walls, you can see the other world that those walls exist in. And there's this distinct feeling of realism to it where it's like, I don't exist here, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. There's all these revelations that strike you in that in that area, you know? And there's this strong feeling of a of a um of a sentient presence with you. I've heard people talk about uh hearing like voices whisper to them and You're having and, like guides like, there. Yeah. yeah. But I definitely felt like I had a, like I had a, like a guide, like a presence, like a, like a living thing. Like that's what it feels like, you know, mm-hmm. again, like who's to say, <laughs> but, uh,
2: so would you say it was a, uh, was it as big of a mind fuck as the ending of Avengers Infinity War?
0: It was the biggest mindfuck. <laughs>
1: That's
0: right. I, I watched Infinity War, um, right before I did DMT. Oh, did you? Yeah, I did. I watched I, I thought that would be a really good idea. Yeah. Watch Infinity War and then to go fucking drop DMT. That was <laughs> that was a good combination.
2: What did you
1: think?
0: Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I everything about it. it was, I, I don't wanna give any spoilers away, but um thought it was very um, they did a good job of being being Relatively true to the comics and everything, they didn't like stray too far. No, they got like, the
2: spirit of it, and yeah, uh, I thought they did about as good of a job as you could possibly do cramming that many characters into one movie. Yeah, they I balanced agree. Balanced it pretty well.
0: It was it was a fun movie too, for sure. It was uh, they they managed to, I mean. That's to be expected. Of course, it was going to be a fun movie. That's what all the all the Marvel movies have in common, yeah. regardless of anything else. Um, I have been pretty disappointed with uh, with all the all the uh, the Black Panther stuff ever since Civil War. Like I thought, I thought Black Panther was such a promising character in Civil War. And then I saw the Black Panther movie, and I was you like, "Didn't like it. It was all CGI. I loved
2: it. Everything was, was
0: fucking CGI. I couldn't, I couldn't get into it. It was like, just make it a fucking cartoon. If there you...
2: was a lot of I C- I didn't love it as much as, um, you know, everybody out there mm-hmm. did. I mean, I thought it was good, but it didn't like. I, there it was didn't some... live up to my expectations. Well, there was I some... fucking I love agree, that character. I do agree that there was a lot of CGI, but I also did what I really liked about it was the, um, just how they ingrained like even down to like Black Panther suit, all the little like tribal patterning. Mm-hmm. Like I thought the attention to detail aesthetic wise oh, yeah. was pretty impressive, like capturing the uh African mm-hmm. vibe, you know what I, I mean? didn't
0: I didn't dislike anything about the movie other Except than the CGI. The CGI. Yeah. And but the CGI was so prevalent in the movie overall that it just well, like every time something was CGI, I don't know, I would just be like Uh, (laughs) I'd be completely tuned out.
2: a lot of CGI, but the CGI, I just thought was more impressive in Infinity War. Exactly. Like, it was some... I was pretty fucking blown away with the CGI in Infinity War. The CGI
0: in Infinity War was so much more real and texturized. It looked like you could fucking touch Touch Thanos' Thanos, face. That's exactly what I said. And in, in Black Panther, it was just so... It just was cartoony. It did look a like, little cheap, yeah. for
2: sure. Like, for, even just... There was parts where um, they had him in the panther suit, like, yeah. jumping from car to car, yeah. and it looked a little stiff, I thought.
0: I just thought it looked so, um... So, like, cartoonized. Like, for sure, yeah. that yeah. movie... It didn't have the that...
2: fluidity of a real human yeah. body. Yeah, you know? and,
0: and when you, like in in five years when we go back and watch that movie that's gonna look so dated it's gonna be so because that cgi is just so like cartoony yeah you know like when we go back and watch shitty like 90s movies that they were experimenting with cgi on we're like oh my god how did anybody fucking watch this shit
2: well let's let's go let's give a little spoiler warning here because i wanted to touch on some of the uh Plot point i want to touch on some of the details okay. of the movie so spoiler warning again, for those of you out there listening
0: like we're giving you ample time to yes, pause and skip warned. and uh you know you're warned
2: you're an idiot if you don't and you get mad at us yeah <laughs> if so. you get mad at us about spoilers
0: <laughs> we gave you plenty of fucking time
2: uh, okay my favorite some of my favorite scenes i love when they reveal the red skull I thought that. Oh, was that was so dope! Clever. That was super the, cool. The way they integrated him into the movie, I just loved it. Like mm-hmm. they did such a good job with this movie of tying all of the mm-hmm. former characters together. I loved that. Like I loved the way they they made him this sad kind of death figure. Where mm-hmm. he's, just, you know what I mean? He's just where like, he's just trapped yeah, and imprisoned. It's like, and they they genuinely made you like. I had kind of just forgotten about the Red Skull ever since the, right. the first Captain America mm-hmm. movie, but they genuinely make you feel like bad for him. Right. Like it's like it's it's kinda heartbreaking. What does he know? say? He's
0: like destined to forever to lead yeah. people to that yeah. which I can never that, possess. That, if like... you
2: were to read that on paper, you'd be like, Oh, uh, how are they gonna do that? That sounds kinda corny. But when you see it, it's well, just so well done, um, I feel like. The
0: the actor that plays Red Skull, um Oh Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving yeah, is he's a awesome. great actor. He's a yeah. legit like yeah. like top shelf for, actor. For those
2: of you that don't know, he played V and V for Vendetta. He's Mr. Anderson from mm-hmm. The Matrix.
0: No, he's uh he's Or not Mr he's Anderson Agent, Agent, Agent Smith. Agent Smith. Is it yeah. Agent Smith? Is that right? I think
2: it's Agent Smith, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Agent. Smith. Yeah, but
0: um
2: but yeah, he's great. Um
0: He's also very very australian oh yeah yeah
2: he's also a fellow uh epileptic he has
0: seizures you know epileptics (laughs) uh... Um, Uh,
2: what do you call it uh yeah so that was pretty interesting i loved that um i really liked the uh i liked the interplay between stark and uh dr strange a Mm -hmm. lot of people gave dr strange shit when that movie came out for being too similar to iron man it was kind of like the new because they personality wise they felt like they kind of rehashed a lot of those plot points from iron Man. i can
0: i can kind of see that because he he he's like a cocky genius professional right. yeah. but like but it's kind of different i don't different know i think character. that yeah i think there's a but, but
2: they did a good job of yeah. of taking those two characters and having butt heads a little bit yeah. and it was like just charming banter
0: i i enjoyed uh, i enjoyed dr strange on the movie yeah. uh, it was a pretty cool uh use uh, of that character um
2: thor and the guard that was like a given but thor and the guardians of the galaxy
0: i was expecting them to do more of like uh do a little bit more of um uh a ragnarok style like entrance from uh like ragnarok style entrance from thor when he came in like play some play some, like, 80s rock when he comes in, like, with his with but, his new axe. I yeah. thought that would have, like... I think that would have broken the tension, like, a little almost, bit more. it was... Even though they like, didn't
2: play the music when he did come in with the new axe... It was still it was, exciting. It was pretty... Yeah, yeah. It was, like... Dude, that was, like... That gave me... When... There was a few moments in the movie that legitimately gave me chills down my spine, as lame uh-huh. as that sounds. No, no. When Thor definitely. came in with the new hammer, I was, like, yeah, oh, that was fucking so yeah. badass. Like, it was straight there were so many moments in that movie where you're like, this is just what I, this is what my childhood yeah. the, in a nutshell is. Like, this is what I've been waiting to see.
0: Fucking, like, um, Thor just
2: coming in with a fucking giant ax mm-hmm. and just cleaning house. Like, yeah. That
0: just fucking everybody up. Yeah. Just raining hell on all the, uh, uh, like all the minions just
2: chills. Uh, when they had Captain America, when, when Captain America and when they first save vision
0: and uh, when Captain America walked into the walked in, uh in the train station everyone in the theater dude. just started yeah, like fucking cool. clapping everybody just, like, got excited just got, like, you
2: know, i just got chills thinking about yeah. it when she throws the fucking thing and he catches yeah. it and he like dude captain just, america
0: like, was super gangster on all of the scenes was. in that like, it was it was. was really good
2: i didn't good. like his hair i liked it Get i liked over everything it. about I <laughs> it I, I didn't <laughs> like hey low. hey that's our son you're talking yeah, about yeah that's that's our boy don't i know don't talk about that yeah um, um, but I just loved every. His character was just the fucking. What's his
0: name? The the, uh, the the giant dwarf guy. Um, oh, Peter um. Dinklage. Yeah, he Peter Dinklage. Great. He was so like yeah. the. I just fucking laughed my ass off when he's. Like, it's like it'll kill
1: you. <laughs> yeah. So only if I die. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's, the what, same that's thing. what killing you means.
2: Yeah. I mean, Marvel is just love them or hate them which pretty much you're i think you're a moron if you hate them at this point yeah um but what marvel has managed to do is it's really just not only is it like the most incredible thing in the history of of comic books Mm -hmm. but it's like one of the most incredible things in the history of movies it's just unbelievable like if it's
0: it's definitely uh it's it it's definitely living up to its name as a marvel in any uh any genre that it breaks into, or any not genre, but um, any medium that it breaks into, it's it's it, it's elevating itself beyond expectation, I, I Yeah, think. I mean, like,
2: Marvel went from... For those of you, like, when I was... Okay, so when I was in high school, Marvel was on the verge of bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Like, they had just got bought by Disney. They fucking... Iron Man was the game changer for them. Like Marvel, mm-hmm. like Iron Man came out and that really solidified Marvel and put pointed him in the right direction. But when we were kids, they were coming out with like Daredevil and Ghost Rider and all these movies. Oh that God, so bad. So fucking horrible. Uh, really, was that, was be, that
0: the worst? Like, I I didn't really know. I remember Daredevil is one of your, uh, one of your favorite um, yeah, I, I like characters. the Daredevil character. And,
2: um,
0: and I, I remember I had very little experience with uh, with Daredevil aside from the Ben Affleck movie. And uh, how how much of a, a heartbreaker must that have been for you when well, that came out? Because that was an awful movie and there's no kid, denying it.
2: I, well, I was like 12 or 11 when that movie came out. So I was at the age where I don't think I could truly appreciate how bad it was at the time. Like, I remember it was just so rare that we got Supergirl movies back then. I
0: couldn't... I, even back then, I couldn't forgive the the dance fight scene at the oh, playground look, with, hey, with him and Elektra. That was... Look, I still
2: knew it was bad. <laughs> I, guess, I don't have... I didn't have the kind of... Like, I can't... I can't look at it the way I... Now I can look at it even more mm-hmm. and just completely pick it apart, whereas back then, I didn't have that ability. Mm-hmm. But, um... No, but back then, the way I remembered it is that any time a new superhero movie would come out, I was excited just Mm -hmm. because, even if I could tell it was going to suck, I would be excited just because there was a superhero movie coming out. Right, right. Because you didn't get those that often back then. It's not the way it is now. Mm -hmm. Um, Even
0: now, I'm still like, I I, I can still get juiced up about any new superhero movie coming out. I remember
2: when I was a kid fantasizing about, like, why can't they just connect all these movies together? Uh why can't they just make one big universe I don't understand like why is it so hard not knowing that different studios owned different properties and there was all I didn't realize right yeah and I I I I had
0: that I had that exact same um that that same like thought it's like like I like this villain I like these superheroes why don't they just put it together and and like the closest
2: you you could get to that would be like If you were watching the X-Men or Spider-Man cartoon and you'd get a cameo from the X-Men or Mm Spider-Man on one of the other cartoons, you know, every once in a while you'd get that, Mm -hmm. which that was really cool. Um, That was the closest you could get to that, but it's, it's just, it still blows my mind. Like just the other day I was leaving the gym and I'm going by 7-Eleven and then they have a Deadpool decal on the window Mm -hmm. and he's like, has a little, uh, a speech bubble of him saying something mm-hmm. right as you walk in that's awesome And like the <laughs> high school me seeing that would have just i would have never believed it it's just it still blows my mind like just the fact that infinity gauntlet got its own movie and Thanos mm-hmm. was in it still blows my mind like, right it, it's still it's it's crazy to see it all happening with
0: with such a such a vast roster of yeah, uh, and, and of it's characters biggest, it's
2: already the biggest movie of all time so not only would i have been shocked that you would have told me that they're gonna make an infinity gauntlet mm -hmm. movie i also would have been even more shocked that you would have told me oh it's also gonna be the biggest movie ever (laughs) it's gonna make an avatar and like everything else like what really Mm -hmm.
0: it's crazy i want to hear ari's thoughts on it
3: yeah on um the one we just saw yeah yeah deep sigh
1: Deep sigh. <laughs> so
3: like Matt has been talking about this movie for like ever, you know, and showing me with all a the raging movies. erection. Yes, just <laughs> like, total hard on for this stuff. Um, but I like. I mean, all of the movies that he's taken me to, I've, they've been very entertaining. I have like whatsoever no interest in the actual comics, but the movies are entertaining the entire time. Mm-hmm. I really liked the Doctor Strange one the full movie when we saw that because i just thought the visuals were really trippy yeah it was almost like it had really like
0: cool. an inception kind of feel yeah. to it a lot of the time yeah. like, i just
3: paid attention to like the way the buildings were going and i loved all of that but um but yeah i was i really liked black panther i loved the soundtrack i loved mm-hmm. Kendrick lamar
0: um you know what i thought when when i saw the opening scene on uh, on black panther they're like, what, what was like, Oakland 1989 yeah. or something like that? I was like, they're going to play hieroglyphics. They're fucking, they have to. And then they start playing Kendrick Lamar. I'm all, what the fuck? <laughs>
3: no, I think they did a really good job, like, from somebody who had no idea what the comics were mm-hmm. about. I just thought it was, like, an entertaining movie. It
0: was very, um, it was very, uh, like, it was very intro to, to the Black Panther Style like very intro yes. to to Chala. Um, how 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 into Black Panther are you, Matt? Like, you you read the comics at all? Are you?
2: No, I didn't really follow the comics heavily at all. Um, but I was always a huge fan of just the design of the Black Panther mm-hmm. and then uh, kind of the history behind it. Because Jack Kirby was the guy who. Stanley, first of all, people always give kind of uh, Stanley credit for creating the Marvel Universe and stuff like that, but. Stan Lee was more or less kind of like the businessman behind the Marvel universe. When you're talking about the actual characters in the Marvel universe and the world of Marvel, there's two guys who are really responsible for creating it. And that's Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko. Mm -hmm. They basically created this universe. They came up with the looks of all the characters. They created these worlds. Um, but I'm a huge fan of Jack Kirby and he was the first one to do black Panther. And, um, I just always loved the way that character was designed. How he had the pinstriping mm-hmm. on his on his gloves. He just what looked was... like a more streamlined, kind of sleek version of like Batman. Yeah,
0: um, I I kind of uh, I got into Black Panther a little bit later. Um, not it was before I saw him on Civil War, but like he was like one of the first characters I got on uh, that Marvel Contest of Champions game, and so after I played as him, I was like, I kind of like what this guy like I I like using this character I like his look and so I started like researching the Black Panther character. I always thought he was once I looked him up a lot more, I got really into it. I started really liking yeah. that character. I like the I like the history and background of him. I like uh how his primary superpower is that he's a fucking badass martial artist and then he has everything else on top of that. Like yeah, he's yeah, he's like he... his expertise in fighting is his main thing. Yeah, and like,
2: he uh he uh He's got a cool. He's just got a yeah. He's got a really cool. He's just a cool character to begin with. Like mm-hmm. he's got a cool backstory. Um, I,
0: I thought he was really, really well uh, represented by Chadwick Bosman in oh, uh, yeah. in Civil Perfect War. Like casting. I thought that's a like the the look and just his his personality just yeah. fit. It was super cool. Yeah, that uh, accent
2: and love accent
0: his accent. He does yeah. is great. Really, really good. Um, I but oh, but I was uh. I know I don't. I'm super hot too. I'm just trying not to like let the AC fuck up the the audio. But um, if we
2: get bad audio, guys, here it's totally. Yeah. My fault Because I requested
1: the AC be turned.
2: It's on okay. You on know what?
0: I I, I think help. I think we're gonna be able to um, cancel out the the background noise later in the editing. But um, yeah, I was gonna say this definitely has more the that has more of a um, early stages uh, Black Panther character who's first like becoming. King of Wakanda, where he's first learning about yeah yeah yeah, he's first like you know sort of becoming that character and um, because in in most of the comics he's a very established very like serious like intense intense. guy yeah Yeah.
2: even like uh, there was one um, what I love is the introduction of the Black Panther he first appeared in a Fantastic Four comic I think it was when uh, Jack Kirby introduced him. And uh, there's this panel that I, I posted on my Matt Reviews media page. Um, there was this panel that I fucking love from uh, from Black Panther or from the uh, Fantastic original Fantastic Four comic, mm-hmm. where Black Panther shows up and he just lights up a cigarette on the panel. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it just looks so funny that. You have all these classic-looking characters from the Fantastic Four, and then you have Black Panther just lighting up a cigarette. Black and Panther I think I, just all all intense. Yeah, and I think they meant they tell him that it's bad for him, or say something like that, and he says something about the uh, one needing to indulge. One needing to. Since doing? I saw that, I was like, man, that's he's hilarious. Just a badass character. And, he's uh, one who needs to he, indulge. Yeah, it, it is. It is. It is funny because yeah, they do portray him a little differently in the movie because, as you said in the comic, he's already established as a king and he's just mm-hmm. like kind of this badass dude. Whereas yeah. in the movie, it's almost like he's a. He's, you're watching him as like a child. I was
0: gonna say he, like he, he 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 feels almost like a teenager who's like yeah. going through puberty, just becoming a man, you Which know, he's I like
1: Chad McFossum is like 41 or 42 is he? Can you he's stacked, him? man can you believe he's that old? that's crazy, yeah, yeah it's no, like that's that's like a 25. surprise um, yeah, it
2: was, it, it's, it's pretty impressive, the, the, it's that and Thor Ragnarok were um, oh, yeah, I, I, love was, that I was, that was impressed one. with both of those, just the way that, like Thor Ragnarok in particular I loved Thor Ragnarok, I, I got no complaints about that there was uh, I, Thor Ragnarok was full Of Jack Kirby references Just the way they, they do this kind of Techno, organic, cosmic Psychedelic design mm-hmm. work On everything, yeah. it's this very unique style That he literally invented Right. And Jack Kirby actually um, Pretty interesting thing But you know the movie Argo that came out mm-hmm. How the whole plot of Argo, and this happened in real life As well, was when the, the uh, Iranian uh, hostage crisis was happening Um they the way that they were able to sneak those hostages out of there was I think it was a Canadian uh, crew or film crew that went over there that said they they were filming a movie they were undercover well the movie that they were filming Jack Kirby drew all the storyboards for oh really so you can go online and look up Argo Jack Kirby storyboards and they're just these fucking incredible drawings Really? Like he was He knew that he was doing this as a joke Like it wasn't a real story, story
0: Storyboards are even They're not even supposed to be like No like They're practically stick figures these, Even when they're done professionally
2: would blow your mind Yeah I mean the most detailed Even Jack Kirby was such a perfectionist mm-hmm. That even something that was a goof he made just look yeah, beautiful,
0: just epic. Like yeah, yeah.
2: it's crazy to me that like, that's why I don't I don't think that comic book artists uh, get enough credit in general as being just like fine artists because to me that's fine art. It's beautiful. It definitely is. And it yeah, takes more skill. Well, than there. Percent of the fine I, art that you'll see. I can't remember.
0: Um, I can't remember the name of the, the style. But that was one of the the styles that we went through. Was like the comic art thing. It was when like a, pop art? I think it was pop art. Was, was it like
2: Roy Lichtenstein and yeah, yeah. that
0: was it. Uh, with cool. the like the the very like like fifties man and, yeah, the, yeah, and yeah. the dame well, well, on his arm. Well, well, well,
2: Roy Lichtenstein like, yeah, would that actually was, he didn't even. Uh, Roy see Roy Lichtenstein... Dot. Yeah, the little dots. Yeah, like, they, yeah, that they, was. Roy Lichtenstein would actually he didn't even create those those paintings. Mm-hmm. He would take pre existing panels mm-hmm. and, paint and or uh, drawings and then he would just blow them up. Right which like I never knew that I always thought that that's,
0: that I was super, that's super yeah, was like, that's super weak yeah I didn't know that either That's
2: well, why. like Andy Warhol you know they're all around the same. Andy no. Warhol didn't
0: that's
1: why, Andy, yeah, no, Andy I, Warhol
2: was I mean, different though because Andy Warhol number one was a really really good artist to start with like he was always He was like
0: we were talking about before about like people who really can create art and then yeah, they, so, they go into this other fucking so, so phase
2: Andy started yeah. off as a great artist, he already was a great artist. He kind of got bored with it, and then he basically just created this factory in New York where he would dis- distribute mass-produced art. out of mm-hmm. there. So Andy Warhol was kind of like the original, like almost like street artist. Yeah, and he, would, <laughs> he would do other forms of art out of there. Like he would have like the Velvet Underground come and perform
0: there, mm-hmm. and record music there. And it was more. Of, it was like a, the Andy Warhol thing was like that. That was uh, one of the original like the the whole point was the scene of the art it was yeah. like it was a it was and the Warhol, it was the hangout argue, it was the studio Warhol was
2: like the first, like, like the first could say that scene type dude who, yeah. yeah
0: definitely um so speaking of these uh psychedelic artistic experiences in a uh in a marvel universe setting have you uh have you gotten to watch legion at all
2: no that's been
0: on my like to watch oh man though. it's really good, good. It's really, really so good. so there is a i don't know uh, i watch it online um but there's there's a thing about it where it doesn't really feel like so much like a like a marvel thing like the, like there isn't really that much action in it it's right. more about the psychedelic experience which i kind of appreciate that they went that way with it because um the character, the character David Haller, uh, you know, spoiler alert for all, all you guys who, oh, fuck you. <laughs> uh, it's, a, uh, he's, he's, uh, Professor X's son. Right. And he's, uh, but the, and he's like kind of got similar powers to like what Phoenix has. Yeah. David Haller is. Uh, what you'd call like an omega level mutant or he's whatever? Yeah, he's an omega. Yeah. So he's like all powerful. He's yeah. practically a god. And but his weakness is, in the comics, his weakness is that he's fucking schizophrenic and yeah. he has manic depression and he's, he's like he's generally he, he's generally good, but he also has like a vague sense of reality. And that's sort of what they portray in this um, in this show is this guy, but instead of him being uh him being schizophrenic the schizophrenia is more of like a side effect of his power because he's tapped into everybody's minds and every right. every sense of the universe and he's just trying to make sense of it the whole time it's a very uh very visual psychedelic experience it's mostly they they touch on other mutants they have they have a little bit of stuff going on with other mutants using their powers and stuff but it's more of a it's more of a like psychic warfare everybody's like it's it's all about the different types of psychics and stuff and it's kind of fun like it's that
2: cool. it's cool that they did that though because you can only go to that superhero well so yeah much. like and i think that's right Marvel- it doesn't it
0: doesn't feel like a superhero show is the right, point exactly. yeah i was trying to make I mean. like yeah, yeah it.
2: The, the, you can only go to that level so much and if every single piece of content they mm-hmm. produce was superhero oriented, it probably mm-hmm. would get stale pretty quick. Right. So it's good that they're doing that. I think that's probably where they'll go in the future. Yeah. Like, I think ten years from now you're gonna see Marvel making horror movies. Yeah, you know, they're gonna yeah. do all kinds of different stuff. I, I I'd love I think to... I think Marvel well, is probably with... the biggest film
0: company mm-hmm. on the fucking it. Right. I would love um, to see what they do with that in other in other genres, things outside of their comic book universe to uh use their studio potential and, to and did, to make Marvel that, content. They
2: did that with their comics like you know they had um, they had like Dracula comics mm-hmm. and they had
0: uh, They had a they, they had a Batman Dracula comic. They had they had they had a Batman versus Dracula mm-hmm. comic which was I never read it but it looked just awful. Yeah, and uh it, so. there was a or no, not Batman. That was a uh, DC, sorry. The Excuse me. Like I'm, I'm combining two different things, <laughs> uh, but that is kind of funny though. You bring up Dracula. Well, they uh, Dracula though, yeah, too. they had,
2: they had that character.
0: Um,
2: yeah, there's a, there's a lot of. That's, a, that's another weird thing too. There's a lot of weird history there when it comes to. Uh, characters why,
0: why, like that. that? that's interesting now that i think about it so marvel somehow acquired rights to uh make a dracula comic but then dc did as well and did it and did, so have, uh, it was is that just like do you think dracula is just part of uh like the a free reign yeah character. like uh what's it called um public domain like no i don't
2: think it is i think that they there i i've heard this story before i feel like and i think there was something that happened where the character rights were shifted or something okay along those Okay want
0: to say no interesting and uh, yeah no i'm not i'm not research. going to um let's see uh legion's a good show that i'm watching i recommend it i think uh if you watch it it's pretty short it's only like eight episodes per season there's a uh, there the second season's like almost almost all the way out right now um should be able to get through that pretty quick uh i'd love to talk about that next time with you yeah uh well we well, have both seen it but in the meantime watching that show i got into a little rabbit hole of looking up the uh the the progeny of of famous marvel characters and uh i didn't know that um that uh wolverine had a half japanese son
2: Yeah they have
0: Who is a who is a villain? He was part of the dark x-men. Was it Daken? Daken and yeah. he uh he i'd heard of dark wolverine before i didn't know that it was wolverine's son yeah. it was a really a really just fun to play around with not a really good piece of work comic but if you've read uh if you've ever seen the franken castle comics it was uh it was docken who who murdered <laughs> who murdered uh frank castle <laughs> and uh so they're they're like enemies which is like kind of fun to play around with
1: the comic books are so
0: weird. yeah like some of the-
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I think they've done that with Wolverine a few times, where he has um, cause he's got his, I know they have the daughter an, character. An,
0: an, an interesting note uh, of uh, of Daken that I that I read on the same Wikipedia page <laughs> as I got <laughs> as I got like his discovery from. He's uh, his characterizing um, his his character trait that he's most well known for is his sex appeal. Apparently, yeah, he's number six on the sexiest characters of oh, really? <laughs> yeah. number one. I don't know. I, I didn't I didn't look is into it this, that deeply. Was, was this male and female I characters think this or was or male it? characters. He was the he yeah. was the sixth sexiest male character.
2: I'd to
0: go I would really like to get you guys uh uh I want to engage the audience on this one. If yeah. you guys leave us a comment, tell us who you think is the sexiest male Marvel, Marvel, character. Marvel
2: character.
1: I would go Gambit.
0: Gambit's up there. Gam- he plays with them cards. Plays with the cards. He's very cool. So he know. I was going to say he knows how to handle <laughs> a rod. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Swings yeah. that thing around like an expert. Uh, but, yeah, that cool southern voice. Gambit's up there for sure. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so uh, I thought that was a really funny point to make. What but what were you saying about the the daughter? Were you talking about, like, Logan or...
2: Yeah, well, they have like the X twenty three character in the comics, and I almost want to say they had other sons or daughters of Logan, but I don't remember. Off the
0: I, I'm sure. I mean, it's so like. One universe to the next it's yeah. like what the what the the primary universe is like the 616 universe is that right or
2: that's something that i honestly it's so complicated really got into because it just seemed way too fucking it's it's
0: too vast there's like hundreds yeah. of marvel universes yeah, it's like, so weird you know, the
2: way that i am with comics now is i just strictly go off of graphic novels i'll mm-hmm. just read one graphic novel at a time yeah i don't even get into the continuity because it's just like it's a fucking
0: most of most of what i do is like i look up uh i like i'll look up character histories like right. that's my my main thing with comics like i love comics it's impossible to read them all there's so yeah. many you like yeah I it's... Mean,
2: it's 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 a, it's a it's just such a vast history mm-hmm. and then you can even get into like all the weird little side mm-hmm. comics and right characters that people forgot about and it's just crazy
0: it is just crazy. Have you guys seen American Gods? I think you'd really like that show. No, I've never seen the previews for it and stuff,
2: but no, I've, I haven't watched it. Yeah, that's the one. I think Neil Gaiman, uh, Neil Gaiman, uh, had something to do with that. Right? I have
0: no idea. Probably, possibly. I don't know who Neil Gaiman is. He's like he's a
2: comic book uh, writer. He it definitely
0: like had a man. yeah. It definitely had a comic book feel to it for sure. Um, I don't know if it was based on a comic, but uh i I recommend it it's a pretty cool like it's like a modern day setting this guy just gets out of prison and uh he's trying to like get back to his life and uh he ends up entangled in the affairs of uh the old gods and the new gods and the new gods are like it's like the old gods like like um like spring and Zeus and all that stuff and like uh and they're just kind of like withered and old cuz nobody worships them anymore and they're but they're still they're still to to a degree immortal and omnipotent but they're they're just like not not the same type of all powerful as they were when people worshiped them and now there's uh gods like technology and media and stuff and those are the ones who are like taking over it's like, it's a very it's a very interesting commentary on society and and religion yeah, but uh But it's also, like, a very exciting, fun show to watch. I recommend that. That's another one we could talk about, probably dissect for a while. Yeah,
2: absolutely. What is, um... What's going on with you
0: back there? Yeah. We we, we stepped out... We stepped... Yeah. We stepped out of Ari's world here for a little bit. Like... I don't know what you guys are talking about. Have you watched any interesting shows lately that you want to dissect with us? Any any media that's that's sort of mine and Matt's forte with, um, we watched or, Ozark for a while okay like, i never got into that perfect. one i need to i need to check that out really really
3: good and then it's like fucked up in the first 5 minutes you are like love mm-hmm. watching but it's jason Bateman and that was so yeah um and then i i haven't started watching westworld season 2 but i loved the first season mm-hmm. that was
0: I watched um, most of the first season of Westworld, and my my only thing with it is um, I watched the original movie like a long time ago, uh, and for a movie, I I enjoyed the concept of it of the uh, the the robots and their artificial intelligence becoming so good that they become somewhat sentient and yeah. take over. Uh, I have a hard time with it uh, as a continuing TV show because I I just I get to a point where I don't really care about the characters because they're whatever happens to them they're they're somewhat like immortal That's like every I after yeah. the first episode. right yeah.
3: yeah but it got so trippy at the end with I Bernard
0: Bernard like, <laughs> I kind
2: of felt the same way as Keith I was like it just felt you know obviously you only it felt it really it is it very is like, no
1: the first, like, Yeah, episodes. that was
0: what I felt, and and I, I think it was really well made, and I th- I was really fascinated by Anthony Hopkins and his uh, and his his monologues about basically being God and yeah. all this stuff. Like I thought that was super cool, super interesting, but as far as the the stakes for the characters, I just couldn't really connect. I had no drama in it. Everybody's obsessed with Game of Thrones. Yeah. That's
3: so, why I got really excited. Like yeah, Matt would not
0: watch it. I got shown like I, I didn't watch it for the longest time, and then I got shown one episode, and I was like, I don't know why I'm not watching. This is totally my speed.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's like boobs and violence, and I prefer to keep my boobs and violence separate.
0: <laughs> my boobs. I don't like my boobs with my violence. Boobs. No. Yeah. It's like, so
3: that was good,
0: but other than that, it's like steak and ice cream. You don't have those together, okay? Other than that.
2: watch queer eye
3: that oh yeah I thought that surprisingly eye, the new very
2: very entertaining
0: all right very entertaining
1: the, the new queer it. eye season i didn't
2: love it like i wouldn't watch it on my own but i could watch an episode of that with you and somewhat enjoy it compared to like real housewives it's
0: just I, stupidity i just want to point out i don't know if if you guys are getting picked up at all because that the little sound wave thing is like almost all the way from the uh oh, shit. that so well, while, while we have the AC on we're going to need to be pretty conscientious with the mic
1: and <laughs>
0: yeah, loud. Um,
2: loud so yeah uh, Queer Eye I can watch and enjoy all those like housewife shows not
3: so much Okay. it's just like it turns my brain off that's why I like it and then at night we watch um, I, we like to watch Shark Tank
2: Shark Tank is pretty
3: entertaining it's pretty entertaining mm-hmm. I want to be Mark Cuban
0: yeah, well, everybody wants to be Mark. Yeah. <laughs> I just want his bank account, that's all.
2: Yeah. I love, um...
3: He likes Lori Greiner the best on that show.
2: No, I was going to talk about Conan O'Brien,
1: because I've always got oh. Conan,
2: but
0: we, yeah, watch, we watch a that. bunch of, like, Conan O'Brien Okay. I don't, I don't really see a lot of, uh, of, like, reality TV stuff. Like, I don't, I don't watch... Like, I, I, I just don't get around to it. Really? Like... Yeah. Like, I mean, and I, I mean reality, like actual reality, like watching like Conan O'Brien where he's interviewing people and shit and right, like, right. you know what I heard is, uh, my, my sister told me is really fucking funny is the new, uh, the new like talk soup thing or whatever it is. The, um, Did we what ever is it? That? The, uh, yeah,
2: the one on Netflix. Yeah. The yeah. one, um, I don't think we watched that. I mean, I know what it is. It's kind of like the soup. He used to do that yeah, it's the same it's it's the,
0: side the side guy side from the suit Joel McHale, it's just the Joel McHale show now. And yeah. uh he's really funny. He's super funny. He's remember, great.
2: I remember my mom used to watch the original Fox
0: suit. I I did too. Way back I used to watch it way back in the day.
2: And who who hosted that? Hal Sparks Hal that
0: Sparks. Day. That me and my sister were trying to think of his name the other day. He they was had a he was good. Guy that. They had uh um what's his name? The guy from Mystery Men. The uh you remember that movie? Yeah, I remember. That's Mitchell. what I always remember him from, uh, oh, who, who Greg Kinnear. Oh yeah, Greg Kinnear. Greg yeah. Kinnear was the original, Greg and he Kinnear. had this. Uh, he had this. I. 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 I want to implore you, our listeners, right now, to any time you get the chance, go on to um, go on to YouTube and watch all the old clips of uh, of Phil Hartman and Greg Kinnear on uh, talk, on the original Talk Soup, because he had this continuing like um, theatrical beef with. Uh, with Phil Hartman, where Phil Hartman would always physically assault him on the on the on the skits, like it was. I, I kind of remember that. It was so barely. yeah. It was so funny. There's one where he's like chasing him all through the uh, all through the studio, and he ends up like throwing him over the stairs. And he looks over at his dead body, and he's like, and he's like, "That soup boy!" <laughs> you know, Hartman had a funny a bunch of
1: funny
0: little bit roles. Yeah. yeah, I think
2: he was. I think Phil Hartman was Jombie. I never, I never, never
0: watched Pee-wee. Pee-wee's yeah.
2: Playhouse had this genie named Jombie. I think it was Jombie. Oh, oh, yeah. I go. think I remember they seeing would, that, though. Chant, when he would come, they would chant, mecca leka hi mecca hi ho And then uh, they had Cowboy Curtis. Mm-hmm. That was Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> uh, those are <were> the only <laughs> big ones I remember. Pee-wee's Playhouse, though. What a trip that show was. Mm-hmm. That was like a total...
0: Psychedelic I mean, that would, that would be a great one to, uh, rehash if I, if I'd ever watched that, but that was like, my mom always, when I was a kid, she'd be like, Pee-wee is not a nice man. <laughs> he, 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 pulled it's, his wee-wee out in public. <laughs> right? it's, it's crazy too to think that, like, he totally
2: got blacklisted for that. And what yeah. It wasn't even
0: that bad. Yeah, like, speaking he got, of, you it, know, it was speaking of mystery men, he was, uh, he was he the spleen. Was in, was, yeah. yeah.
2: The spleen. Um. Yeah, he was in a porn theater. Like. Yeah, exactly. What do you think
0: people deal? are fucking doing there? That's yeah. what, That's the they whole point. To,
2: uh, they they had an escape out.
0: Yeah. It's pretty easy to recognize Pee-wee Herman walking into a porn theater, and somebody's going like, "Oh yeah, we're Wait gonna catch this guy jerking off." Say that,
2: but did you see his mugshot? No. Might not have been so. Easy. Let me pull. No, up. I'm just
0: saying, if you knew, if you knew it was Pee-wee if Herman, you, you catch Pee-wee- him walking into a fucking porn However, theater, you know you got some juice. If You're... you haven't
2: seen the, the Pee-wee Herman mugshot, you have to see it just based on principle alone because it is the probably all right. would be ranked the number one other than maybe nick nolte i would <laughs> say it's probably
1: the most horrendous mugshot of all time
0: we're about to uh we're about to record my reaction to the Pee Wee herman mugshot which i have never seen yeah it's 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 a pretty famous mugshot it's um, actually just a picture of his penis against the uh the <laughs> white wall
2: you're gonna be disgusting not the Pee-wee that you
0: know this is a who is the Pee-wee that i know
2: in general ah here it is perfect With the long hair yep he,
0: he looks, looks like, like uh, uh yeah car. he just looks like like trailer trash you know like he <laughs> like your like like your quintessential like yeah he's got a nice mullet going and his cheeks are shaved clean, but he's still got that like greasy uh goatee thing. Yeah. It just he really looks his white t-shirt. He looks like he did just step out of a trailer. Uh he might be a rapist. He
1: looks like, like a Beavis and Butt-head character. <laughs> that's a like way a Mike better Judge way, yeah. yeah.
0: He really does. He al- he even has like the kind of wiggly lines for skin that you uh you see on a Mike Judge drawing.
2: Now, I don't know. I don't know if I would have known that that was P.B. Herman, to tell you that much. He even have,
0: he had sunglasses on in one of the pictures. They let him wear his sunglasses in the mugshot? He just looks like a serial killer. There. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely got a serial killer appeal. I, I don't know. Yeah, poor guy. Uh, I, would t- I would say uh, take take the spleen from, uh, from Mystery Men, give him a bath, give him a little bit of facial hair, and uh, that's what that looks like right there. That
2: is. Well, we have to uh, We got to be checking into our hotel room soon.
0: Right on. Well, is there anything right. else you guys wanted to uh, to touch right. on while, while I got well, you let's here? I
3: do one. This is a fun game that Matt and I always play. Okay. It's six Degrees of Separation. And, like, I always try and stump him.
0: Are you talking about Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon? Yeah,
3: whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Where you, like, pick something and someone, and he's got to connect them. I don't fun. know if that would
2: be radio uh, entertaining wise, but we could give it a try.
3: We're just going to do one. Okay, so here's Figure how it works. works. Okay,
2: yeah. So you're going to pick an actor or actress, or you can even go director. Okay. And then I have to take, and then she's going to pick one, and then I have to connect them through common movies that they've done in five st- or six steps or less.
0: That sounds pretty complicated but we can it's we can not. give it a run
2: once you get it it's not that complicated but it's like you and here's an example you have right there you have uh, woody harrelson
3: from Kingpin. sure and then you have um
2: and then you have who's another Do woody
3: harrelson and kate bosworth just to start
0: kate woody harrelson <laughs> <laughs> and kate yeah, bosworth that's really
2: hard because kate bosworth has barely been in anything
0: that's true she's wow. been in a couple things I recently
2: but not Kate Bosworth, so she was in... Kate Bosworth was in Superman Returns, Blue Crush. Uh, so Kate Bosworth... Blue Crush
0: is what I always remember her from. Blue
2: Crush. Yeah. Who else was in Blue Crush? You had Michelle Rodriguez. Those are the only, like, two... God,
0: he fans. really is so good at knowing who's in stuff. Yeah. Like, it blows my mind.
3: Pop culture, Super,
2: Superman Returns, you had That's Kevin crazy. Spacey, you had Brandon Routh. You had, uh... So probably go, Kate Bosworth was in Superman Returns with Kevin Spacey, that's one step. You have Kevin Spacey, who was in, uh, what are some Kevin Spacey movies? Um, you know, you had Kevin Spacey who was just in Baby Driver, which I just saw. hmm Um, you had Kevin Spacey who was also in, uh, American, American Beauty. Beauty, one mm-hmm. of my all-time favorites, who had a bunch of other famous actors, Annette Bening, um, Peter Gallagher. Um, oh, I already got it. Um, all right. Oh, fuck! I can't remember this dude's name. Damn it! I just fucked myself. Oh, okay, so here's in trouble how I would. Here's how I would have connected it as an example. Kate Bosworth was all was who was in. Uh, I'm trying to connect Kate Bosworth to Woody Harrelson. So you have Kate Bosworth who was in Superman Returns with Kevin Spacey. That's one step. You have Kevin Spacey, who was in American Beauty with the—I don't remember the fucking dude's name though—the the guy who plays the, the creepy teenager who yeah. runs the bag and stuff. Okay, that what guy, is that guy's name? I don't remember his name, but that guy was in uh, the Hunger Games with Woody Harrelson. I connected him. Oh, in Josh ride. Hutchinson? No, no, the other guy. Oh. Nope. I connected him. In Not
0: that trade. guy. All right. See so that's the game See, That's I've heard of the game before. I just like <laughs> I I, I, I say I say it's yeah. name. I say it's complicated because I'm not good at like pulling things like out of a hat like that. Or yeah. I'm just like out of nowhere. I'm just like, all right, this person is this person. I can I can make those connections sometimes but I, <laughs> that it happens more like, like a fucking spark. Like yeah. it you know, yeah, and I technically
2: just like him. Technically yeah. I would have had to have disqualified myself there for not able to remember the, uh, the dude's name. I would have thought of it, though, if it, like if, it.
0: Uh, was it was still impressive. You made the for the
1: radio, but...
2: You,
0: you made the call. Yeah,
1: okay, I didn't really know how you were going to do that. And I definitely... God damn it.
0: I definitely forgot that uh, Woody Harrelson was in Hunger Games.
2: Yeah, that was like a very kind of small role you had there, huh? That was not a small. big role It was a big role. No, it was a big, big role.
0: Just I just...
1: It was random.
0: I'm just... I'm not a huge fan of Hunger Games. No, I, I just... I, I, saw I saw To be really, honest... I saw
1: the first one mm-hmm. one time at the yeah,
0: I thought it was... I I, it's just a it's just a lame excuse for a battle royale recreation yeah. Yeah. and people fucking love it. I read the book. Oh my god. Yeah <laughs> Sorry
1: to right. bored you with that guys. <laughs> <laughs> what? I thought, it no, was I thought a good that.
0: Idea. you know what? If you guys you cut it out if, you want. if you guys want to uh, play that game, I mean there there is a um, there's a subcategory of it called Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, where everybody connects someone to Kevin Bacon within six movies or less. I've
2: never heard of that.
0: No? No. I've it's the same exact thing. Game it's just... Yeah, it's wow. the same exact thing, but it's just Kevin Bacon. Uh, that's how I first yeah, heard about it. it. Nice I, I I didn't even know about that. Um, I didn't even know about that. Well, Kevin Bacon's done, like... He's done a lot of 20,000 movies or yeah. something like that. Um, but... Uh, I think it's that time again. You guys were saying you got to get into that hotel, and um, we may as well do our social media plugs here and uh, rep, our, rep ourselves. You guys can find me on Instagram at BoneCatrone or on Facebook for my fighter fan page, facebook.com slash BoneCatrone.
2: You can find me on ML underscore intrinsic resistance for my fitness-oriented stuff. Where you can find me on Matt Reviews Media at
1: Instagram.
3: And if you want to find me, if you want to follow my design stuff, it's honeycomb underscore home design. And then my personal is ari.lovato underscore. Those
1: are all
3: of
0: them. And don't forget to leave us a comment and let us know who you think the sexiest male Marvel character is. Who
2: is it? Tell us.
0: Tell us. We want to know. All right. Thanks for joining us, guys. Bye.